0: And welcome to the season finale of season 5 Dun 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 oh, shit I am still your host as always, Jack Chambers And joining me, my fellow sequelizers As indicated by their sequelizers t-shirts that they're wearing right now <laughs> Mr. Math- <laughs> Matthew Stockton giggling in the corner uh, Draw <laughs> <laughs>
1: So earlier <laughs> I said to these guys, I've got two choices for my introductory thing. And that was one of them. Just a very quiet draw. Mm. Um, because it's one of my favourite bits of Escape from LA. But I immediately
2: regretted it the second I did it. Yep.
0: And of course, Mr. Timothy Maton. Call me
2: Snake. I mean, call me snake. <laughs> Are you steak, please? <laughs> Is that like a welcome, welcome steak to my uh, crispy? Welcome to my John Carpenter themed restaurant. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's what we need. That's what we need. Maps to the menu,
1: Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, menus to the stars, Eddie. Yeah, yep, right yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Good lord! Because uh, just to kick things off, I'd never seen either Escape from films before we brought this up for this season and I knew the character mostly through Metal Gear Solid references. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's the guy that's kind of like Solid Snake and Hideo Kojima fucking loves these films for Mm -hmm. some reason. I was like, I wonder why. First one, really good. This was fantastic. Hasn't aged well in some way, some weird sound choices and some editing choices and stuff that haven't because it's 1981
1: it, uh, it's very much of its time and it's yeah. a key thing here and also it's very early in carpenter's career very very ambitious for what he was doing mm. at the time but yeah no it's it's very if i don't don't don't, have, don't have right to say it's 80s because it's very late 70s as well but it, it, feels, it feels very late, late 70s yeah yeah, yeah yeah but it's a it's, a, it's an amazing achievement uh, as far as film is concerned and and, and almost like independent film mm. rather than a studio film um Effortlessly fucking cool. And Kurt so, Russell
0: is the coolest man in the just, world. Love uh, so awesome him, Russell.
2: And the, the, greatness the five reaction. o'clock
0: shadow, the fucking eye patch. The hair, man. Well, the Walt hair. Disney
2: knew it. Disney knew it. His, his last words were Kurt Russell. What? Where did you not notice?
1: What? Kurt Russell's... Uh, Kurt, uh, Walt Disney's what? alleged last words before he died were... Kurt Russell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Was it like, <laughs> who should take over the corporation now, Walt? What? No, it's it's, it's, it it's
2: even better. It's like a it's like a rosebud thing. No yeah. one quite knows why he said Kurt what Russell. What the he, fuck? He had, a, he had a sled called Kurt Russell and chucked him <laughs> <a fire. laughs> No, seriously. Apparently, what he did say Kurt Russell. Why? Because he believed Kurt Russell's Russell. the future of the industry. What the? fuck? Because fucking... he
1: was like a you know the like uh, when did Disney when did Walt kids.
2: Disney die? because I have 60s. no concept of this. Forty years ago today. That's a bit of a fuck. Why it so It's <laughs> the
0: anniversary <laughs> <laughs> on this
1: very night. Exactly. Yeah. No, he. Uh, I think it was like, uh, early sixties probably. Because um, I think the last one he was around for was Jungle Book.
2: How oh, old was Kurt Russell in the sixties? Like a kid. He was Kurt Russell for... was a kid actor. Yeah, for Disney. Star of the computer war tennis, tennis shoes. The, yeah. The, what the
0: fuck. Yeah. You melted my brain. Right, I had no Come idea. I had no idea shit. any Kurt, of this. Kurt, Kurt,
2: Kurt Russell was the Justin Timberlake of his day. What? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, they both had great
0: hair. He was the like, he was noodle period for so just JT. Yeah,
2: very just a, a
1: consummate professional. Turned up, and did his job fantastically, was and was old. six years old,
3: <laughs> a cool kid,
1: <laughs> and then grew up to <laughs> be a, was swat he a as cool. Was he as
0: cool as a kid?
1: Uh... He's just the coolest
0: fucking five year old. I don't think so. He's, he
2: looks like just little Kurt Russell. Draw. <laughs> he still he still had an eye patch though. <laughs> and a five, five, five year <laughs>
0: old just randomly starts smoking cigarette. <laughs> God, that kid's cool.
1: <laughs> he sits down in Disney's office, and uh, Disney's obviously smoking a cigarette. So hi, he's not smoking for other people. He's like, um, uh, we're looking to uh, meet the president of Disney. President of what? I just told the president Disney.
0: Sorry, <laughs> you man. have to save the president. I'm Disney Corporation. It would have been cool.
2: Uh, Walt Disney died in 1966 when Kurt Russell would have been 15, 15 years old. There yeah. you go. Bloody hell. Yeah. So there's a big thing about Russell. I, I had no idea and that he, was a he, thing. He be- he began acting at the age of 12. Yeah. And in the late 60s, he signed a 10-year contract with Walt Disney. So there you go. I maintain Kurt Russell's the chosen huh. one. Yeah. And we're kind of in a Kurt Russell. Renaissance. At uh, the I always Russell feel like he never went away, but I know what you means. Yeah, he kind of had a he kind of had a period in the bet- between the kind of like mid nineties or le- late nineties executive
1: decisions. Yeah, sort of.
2: post post year exec decision post year Stargate, uh, where he kind of faded from favor a bit. That's true. And then dark blue. I think he was in a, the, about the LA. Riots he did it. Yeah, he did a bit more. There was of serious a small, yeah, smaller things. pieces, and then. I feel like probably Death Proof. I was say Tarantino. Um, brought him back. <laughs> uh, and then we've had like the Santa Claus film that he's been mm-hmm. in and uh, a bunch of other great stuff. Although Marvel actually shit. saying that in that kind of uh, period where he did go away a little bit, he also did Sky High, which is... Sky High's fucking great! Great. Uh, Bruce Campbell. Sidekick! <laughs> good stuff. Yeah.
0: So those of you... You probably are aware of the character, like I was, mm. through various parodies and social medias, posts, and you just see GIFs of him being cool occasionally. Mm. I had real no concept of what the actual plot was.
2: Well, the handy thing for this is that if you've seen Escape from New York, you're like, hey, I never got around to seeing Escape from LA. <laughs> What's Escape from LA about? And the answer is, well, if you've seen Escape from New York, you've seen Escape from L.A. Yeah. But, Be- better. <laughs> because, yeah. but better. Because it is it's more the, than it, any other film same. we've looked at, it is the same film done again, just on the different coast of the United States. It's, and it's with... kind of like if Evil Dead 2 was shit. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, kind of. other, it's not exactly the same, mm. but it's basically the same fucking yeah. thing. It's like, to, to the point of having story beats of like, oh, um... Snake gets sent into this prison location in a interesting vehicle that he flies rec- that he he steers recklessly <laughs> lands it and then it gets wrecked when it lands like both that thing happens in both films yeah
1: um that the, the oh, it's it, it's it's frustrating cuz i mean we talked about it in Tron Legacy episode for example how Tron Tron Legacy follow a very similar formula mm-hmm. and i did the whole bit of like let me describe a thing mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. which one is it but this is so much more so it's literally it
2: beat for beat. Yeah, reheating it. it, and it actually I found it quite hard. Uh, I'm the, I'm the one who who came up with the pitch for this one. Yeah, and when I God, first started man. when I first started approaching it, it kind of threw me for a loop because it's like, okay, well, what kind of story happens in this universe? And it's like, well, either the exact same story happens over and over again, or you have to kind of throw out Escape from L.A. and just and 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 kind of and obviously we are replacing the sequel in our mind, but sure. like. You kind of t- can't take any inspiration from it because there's no inspiration there. True, you're like just taking inspiration from the first one. Yeah, it's like it a black way. hole of ideas. <laughs> it's it is genuinely problematic.
1: It's the anti sequel, because <laughs> yeah. you you've got to a point where you you can't really
0: salvage anything because mm. that's just the first film again and just be uh, Except maybe reaction. like a very vague thing like this one's set in LA. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you, you really, really you kind of. It. Th- yeah, fringe yeah, it and, and very basic stuff. But
1: but in truth, there's there's not much... And and because the only thing we know about the Escape From franchise, in inverted commas, is that there was a first one, was stuff we'll get to about a minute about a potential third one, and a second one that's the same as the first. So anything you bring to this is going to be a case of like, mm, you can just does go, it really feel like an Escape From? I was like, well, no. There's no precedent. Oh, yeah. as we do so the same thing like. again, yeah. yeah. And yeah. do you do like, again, the trans situation, do we do more world building? Do you mm. do more building? Because I I I thought what... um. Escape from L.A. did rather well was the world building. It's like, well, in a weird place where they can just cut off an entire island and just dump people there, of course it gets more dystopian. Of course mm. it gets more ridiculous authoritarian. That that makes sense. Mm. Um, they went more, uh, in a similar way, to Star Trek 5 of all things. Oh. Mm. Inspiration from televangelists and things on yeah. TV. And I thought, again, there's sort of televangelist... Um, President is quite an interesting road to go down, and it's like, oh yeah, he predicted something, and therefore they gave him mm. complete powers, and he became—is it Sacklark, I think it is in *V Vendetta*. Yeah, um, very much. Yeah, yeah. But it's it. Yeah, I think there are some interesting features to this movie because I watched it when I was a kid and enjoyed it because
0: I was stupid. <laughs> um, I watched it as a twenty-nine-year-old man <laughs> sat next to you two, <laughs> yep. and I did not enjoy <laughs> yes, it. No. And the thing is, watching it again with you
1: guys, it was painfully, painfully obvious mm. that the, any redeeming qualities are so few and far between.
2: I mean, the redeeming qualities are largely, hey, it's Kurt Russell being cool as fuck. Yeah. yeah. He's still cool as fuck in
0: this. Mm.
1: He d- he walks out unscathed. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember you saying that during the commentary, yeah. Matt, and it was like, even the ending where he's just like, nah, fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, God, he's cool. Just With looking the, straight at the, the, the camera. Ta- fucking the human race. Oh, oh what a fucking and line. And then the zombie comes <laughs> I'm like... like yes so good <laughs> i wouldn't mind watching that again except of course i wouldn't <laughs> Fuck it, i hell. watch the last 15 seconds again <laughs> please, and just
0: ignore the other hour and a half yeah yeah it, it's weird like and i also don't hate some of the casting choices like no Push, no, Pushemi, no. Uh, it kind of makes sense, be, 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 yeah, make sense. He's, he's not terrible in that mm-hmm. movie
2: Un- uncle ben aka cliff robertson yes. as the yeah like, fucking great pres- president. evangelist yep. president, yep. president. Yeah. Yeah. totally he's, works absolutely like he's Wasted because there's points where he's just like standing around in the background doing nothing. This is also very true. Um, carry under a table and stuff. Yeah, and it, it, he's
1: great casting, but again, given little to do. Stacey Keach is great in this mm. film, I think, as well. Um, but then by his support, as it his Michelle, majestic ponytail, it was
0: sweet sweet <laughs> So, so sweet
2: weird seeing him with hair. Yeah, that's so, true. or with long hair. At yeah,
1: least. yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: I, I, I do definitely agree with that. We, we talked about that on the commentary, yeah. <laughs> a fair bit of Stacey's ponytail talk. Yeah. But this again, is our side podcast. Stacey um,
2: Keach has got, got it going, going on. <laughs> <laughs> hair so
1: long. <laughs> I was always a Powers Booth man myself. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I actually. Hang on. Let's let's do this very quickly. Powers Booth or Stacey Keach? Powers Booth. Name,
2: uh, yeah, the I name think alone I, I think I would go Powers Booth as yeah, well
0: definitely
2: but I'd love I mean I want the. I love me some Stacey Keach so uh, I fucking love Keach I'd uh, love to play like Detective Brothers or something yeah yeah or, or Mafia like Brothers
1: Estra- estranged brothers yeah
2: uh, ones uh, yeah, on the right yeah. side of the law ones on the yeah.
1: wrong
0: side
2: uh, of
1: the Fowers law Powers Booth is a is a head of a crime family and Stacey Keach is an old like grizzled detective
0: and they find out
2: they're oh, related we do, oh we do a heat remake yes oh oh, oh.
1: With <laughs> two extremely old men yeah. Which is kind of like what Heat was But you know, a little older <laughs> Yeah, Two really overweight old like you guys You're not
0: remaking The Heat with Melissa <laughs> <laughs> you got old stage schemes
2: we're remaking, all over the place. we're
1: remaking Red Heat <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: oh, With my the Lord. towel scene and everything oh, we're, re- yeah. we're
2: remaking the band Hot Hot Heat Oh, <laughs> oh wow Sending suggestions, ladies and gentlemen. What can we do with Booth and (laughs) Keech?
1: Booth and Keech. Keech Booth. (laughs) Um, But Michelle Forbes is also kind of in the same situation to Robertson where she's like, she's fine. But I just went, hey, Ensign Rolaron from Star Trek. Great. She's here. And then she's just the sidekick to Stacey Keech who's a bit angry.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of it. But they kind of tases people. Mm -hmm. Sort of vaguely respects snake but doesn't really yeah it's hard
1: there's not much there with her so it's like uh, annoying and but again uh jones the guy doing the performance is fine Mm. it's actually not bad but it's not as iconic as fucking isaac hayes oh no and it's not as cool it's it's like why is it shea
2: gavara yeah
0: it's real weird choice yeah
2: there so i have a theory about because because even if you just look at Escape from New York, it's such a weird kind of setup for the film because obviously it's hmm. set is meant to be set in the deep future year of nineteen ninety seven. We've Term- had that before with yeah, the Pred- yeah. Predator yeah. Two and Terminator and stuff like. <laughs> yeah. um, the the all kicking off nineteen
0: ninety something. It's like oh good, and it kind hmm. of
2: fills in a few of the gaps in between. Presumably, like normally with a film that's set in the future, you assume that the the present day is more or less as the present day is, is in our world and then there, uh, there is a point of diversion and thus you end up with this it's world. It's not an alternate sure. timeline, it's what could be. Yes, yes exactly. exactly. Yeah. What happened if but, blah 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 yeah. won the war? One small or event yeah. happens. Yeah. And then, yeah. But my belief is that the point of diversion is much earlier in the world of Escape from New York because I don't think the atom bomb is ever invented.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
2: Yeah. Because, because we get mentioned that... Uh, snake plissken is like a veteran of wars in europe and that china and russia and america are having some kind of peace conference which is where the president is coming back from yes and that the thing that he is carrying with him is some kind of nuclear fusion secret yes and i think it's like Ah. atomic weapons have only just been invented and so the cold war has happened in the 80s but a it's got a it's it's without the bomb without the bomb it became a lot hotter because there was no uh, you know, actual deterrent. Yeah, there was yeah, no yeah, deterrent. There was yeah. no um assured destruction. So what you
0: saying is destruction. nuclear bombs were a good thing.
2: Um, not necessarily. There <laughs> is
1: a, a sociopolitical theory that mm-hmm. the war would have cost so many more lives if the bombs hadn't been dropped in Nagasaki. Oh, Russia. yeah, yeah. yeah now, course, admittedly, yeah, yeah. it's monstrous to say it. Yes. It's also like, ooh. Yeah, but at the same time, it is interesting because you say like, without the deterrent, people literally say, well, you can't Attack me because I'll bomb mm. you. It's like, well, I'll bomb you. And then there's a stalemate that arguably saves lives. Or yeah. you could just, you know, fucking knuckle up and be an adult, you dumb fucking twats. <laughs> anyway, that's my political rant. Mm. Um, just, you know, don't be children. <laughs> but, but the point is that um, that's a very interesting concept. Because I think you've got, you're definitely on something there mm. because, again, a war in Europe. In the in 1997, and Pliskin is what in his 30s at that point, or yeah. supposedly close to. So technically, that would have been a war in the late 80s in Europe. Yeah, it's not like Vietnam era. No. It's not Gulf era. So like,
0: that's f- literally fictional. Well, he was war. in his yeah. 40s in the a- actual Kurt Russell is in yeah. his 40s. Yeah. Yeah. But so I you guess could it was, argue yeah. it could be a yeah. Nam thing, maybe.
1: Mm. Obviously, it's relatable for the, the
0: you know the, the yeah. audience. Mm. But even then, weirdly uh, enough, I had made that connection myself. I would not gone as far and thought about the nuclear bomb side mm. of things, but I totally just assumed like, oh, this is a totally different timeline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's this war, like you said, they, he, they mentioned the like political landscape of the treaty with China and Russia and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. It, it's, it, it's quote unquote the future from 20 years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the,
3: the, the
1: it's once you pass that point and you become the future effectively, it's all the past, therefore it's all ridiculous. Because it's, it's, it's a weird all, like... Divergent, it's all dystopian,
0: yeah, all the time, whether yeah. it's the 80s, 90s, or <laughs> yeah. whatever the fuck. It's like this, this is a present day dystopia or a near future dystopia, like sure, um, okay, this is this, yeah, it's the, yeah.
1: It's the 2019 of Blade Runner, mm. yes, very that, much so, yeah. It has always been a, a, an alternate universe for us in a way because it's like from the 80s, it's like, well,
2: I guess in 30, 40 years, it might be like that, it's like, yeah, absolutely, uh, no. And I, I also think that the future imagined in Escape from New York could kind of own like the the future that it conceives could only have been conceived at that very specific point in time when Escape from New York gets made because I think it has to um it's a very pre-Reagan view of the future of America Mm. where you've got like Jimmy Carter in office and there's all these power cuts happening and Mm. this feeling that society is kind of crumbling but before you get Reagan in who is kind of points of russia yeah and, and like <laughs> yeah. De- deregulating everything and yes, yes pushing the way for like corporations to take over because there's there's none of that sense of um th- like the blade runners and things yes. that, where you get the sense of like a dystopia and oh like corporations run everything now you yeah. don't get any of that in escape the from robocop York. it's it's mm. almost a totalitarian state mm but more just kind of like, oh yeah, the people have just kind of descended into anarchy. Um, It's very much the problems are within, not from without. mm.
1: So for example, if you take Mm. something like uh, Red Dawn Mm. versus... uh, versus this, mm. it, it's not that the foreign aggressor is coming for you, yeah. Uh, and the, the, the fear of the other, mm. it's the fear of your neighbor, the fear of Americans, which and is such a strange thing for Americans to ever, well, not say ever worry about because they do obviously in all sorts of forms. Mm. But in this specific form that your government will shut off an entire island, and mm. make it a prison if you disobey us, like that's a very interesting dystopia <laughs> that we don't often see in American movies. Mm. You see it in European fiction all the fucking time because mm. European history has been a small part of this place is gonna go mental for a little yeah. while. <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna go we're just gonna be And I mean, then
0: we're gonna like, to... Texas has tried to secede and like, there's been a there's been a civil war in America. But the problem with America is they haven't been around very long. Nah. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of things, we've got a lot more fucking history than they have. Yeah, we've got a lot of shame. There's a yeah, there's a lot more Shameful, horrific, fuck up, disgusting things mm. <laughs> the history of Europe has done than the history of America. Yeah. Well, they're catching up pretty quick. <laughs> they put the effort they've, into. They've
2: got a, a high shame concentration. <laughs> oh. Interesting <laughs> oh. <wording>. Concentration
0: is <laughs> an interesting choice. That's it. Um, sure.
2: Yeah, I think it's and and it's also it's like those very specific fears that again Carpenter had tackled before in mm. um, things like Assault on Precinct Thirteen, mm. where you've got that. Idea of like late 70s, early 80s New York as just this like wasteland of kind of gang activity and and crime and and, yeah, and all that, just like it is in
0: Saturday Night Fever, right, guys.
2: I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's kind it's of. the same it's the same kind of thing that gave birth to the ninja turtles and stuff yeah. like that, where you're just like, Yeah, the city, and no the, one goes there because it's terrible.
0: Hmm. Uh whereas the classic example and something we talked about and compared the escape kind of vibe to is the Warriors as mm. well. Yes, as yes. that's like to me that's the definitive New York has gone to yeah. shit and the gangs take over kind of thing. Yeah. And it's similar era and it very much feels in that similar kind of yeah, this is a present day dystopia kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like because the Warriors isn't set like in the future; it is present day to then, isn't it? I think. I'm pretty sure it
1: is. Yeah, it, really yeah, establishes it yeah, otherwise it's, 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 Yeah, it's alternate; it's, it's parallel. Yeah, at the end of the it's a, day, a, it's, th- there's a lot. I uh, think there's uh, an extended
2: cut where it does establish that it's in the future. Is that the director's cut with the comic elements yes. that I don't care for? Yeah, when <laughs> they bring in a lot more of the Greek myth uh, oh, overlay that, I think so, that yeah. the original, like the original yeah. was based on, yeah, stuff. Mm. But anyway. Anyway. We
1: should probably talk about the first film. It's just a bit Mm. more in-depth about the thing. So, Escape from New York. Mm -hmm. Again, a very much... I don't know if you think it's a cult film, because it was a success at the time in the way that carpenter films are Mm. generally a sort of success. Um, The fact that you said
0: sort of makes it a cult film. (laughs) Okay, fuck it, then
1: A cult film. Mm. Um, It has no footprint culturally now outside of those who love the thing so yeah. you've got the impact it's had on things like uh, the Hideo Kojima stuff mm. and that's the idea of like saying oh I didn't realise it was part of this thing it's, it's not mm. like everyone goes well obviously yeah, it's because it's Han Solo isn't mm. it that kind of thing it's not people aren't like still a, it's the very much in the same way as like The Crow for example people who love this shit love this shit um, uh, I, I remember the, the the I think there's a couple of Escape from New York or Escape from Comics I want to say there are yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah it's now crossing over with the um uh, escape from, yeah, they're not escape from. Big Little trouble, China. In China. thank you. <laughs> Big trouble in New York. Escape, <laughs> an escape, no, no, no. An escape that's from. Little very China. odd. Yeah, it's a Jack button no, Snake yeah, yeah, crossover mm. thing. That's yeah. God, that's that's happening in the that's comics. A, that's what that's, has that's, happened already in the comics.
1: That's some, uh, that's some Russell range
0: right there.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's some Russell wanking.
2: <laughs> I mean, in a good way. We're okay
1: with that. Yeah. Um. But yes, it, it's the idea that. It ha- has an impact in some form on some individuals Mm. but you have to be almost quietly initiated into it because no one's going to accidentally see it on tv now because that's no i think
2: i think i think it there was a time when it was probably a lot more of an iconic film yeah in that kind of vhs era whereas now it is very much a thing of like no you have to seek out you have to have someone go like oh, you've never seen it? We're sitting down and we're watching this now. Exactly, exactly. Um,
1: I mean, I remember there was an interview when Only God Forgives comes out, sorry, came out, I should say, and Nicholas Windy Ruffin was just just out of his face, tired on various press junket stuff mm. and all that sort of circuit things, and jet lag in general, and I can't remember which paper or whoever the hell was interviewing him, and he just sort of kind of got fed up of talking about his film. Mm especially considering the film was not being received well, because mm. in my opinion, it' a bad film. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't as good a drive, and drive's fine. Um, but then he went on a bit of a weird rant, and he just sort of sat there and stared at the ceiling and said, God, Escape from New York is like the perfect film. It's so good. You could never make it now, but it's just the best film.
2: Well, weirdly, actually, Drive is kind of... Sort of like a contemporary version of it. That's because. because Ten miles to say the same thing. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting about and and we've mentioned like oh Isaac Hayes is great as mm-hmm. as uh, I forget is he just called the Big Boss the Duke of, Duke of New York Duke of New York and Number of One, um, like. He's great in it, but they're, like Snake is the only iconic character that comes out of it. Definitely. And I think that's part of the reason why it hasn't become quite the same cult level, because there's a, there's just that one great character. One cool motherfucker. Exactly. And the rest are
1: great performances by Bobo mm. and uh, Harry Dean Stans and stuff, mm. but
2: they all kind of fall away. Yeah. 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 And they're all there to support that one central figure, and mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of the same in Drive, where you have one awesome looking motherfucker yep like great jacket iconic design kind of stuff mm. and, and skilled as shit yes yeah um but the rest of the film is kind of there to support him yes and the, you know you don't see any you saw you saw everybody dressing up as the driver from drive <laughs> no one was dressing up as brian cranston from drive people forget how many people are in that movie yeah like
0: you forget Oscar Isaac is in it,
2: Oscar
3: everyone
0: Isaac, forgets yeah. Oscar Isaac. Chrissy
1: Andrews, Oscar yeah. Isaac, like holy shit! Mm. It's like no, they're, yeah, they're like formative parts of the film. Yeah, and it's like who's the female lead in the film? It's like oh, it's fuck, it's uh, what's her name? Oh, and so like, yeah, Carrie Mulligan. Well. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, but the point is that people forget because all they see is the epitome of cool because that's how the film arguably mm. portrays it. And let's face it, that's what yeah. they want you to see. Um, uh I'm gonna make a classic bashing Edgar Wright moment here. Unlike Baby Driver, Mm. I don't care for either, um, which has an excess
0: of characters and they're all quite memorable, Mm. usually for the worst reasons. (laughs) Um, But moving on. Are you ready ready for another controversial Jack film opinion? Oh, fuck. I don't like Drive. That's not that controversial. People fucking love Drive. Oh, people, people, people have... Yeah, they lynched me in the street mm. Yeah. I've been burned on the stake for that. You would have got
1: more of a slap with it when it close when it came out I think, yeah, yes. which is when I was saying that originally, ah. yeah. I yeah. enjoyed it. I I thought it was a nice refreshing uh, take it the time I still think it's quite a solid film I really enjoy what it is what people it does. fucking love it, but movie. people do love it a little too mm, much yeah. I mean I, I think I give it like a three or four out of five at the time I thought yeah it's a really solid film it's really well directed and very well
0: I would well say formed. it's a three but I'm fine with that people, people are are screaming like, but it's the best film of the year like, this oh. is the best film mm. in decades and I, I was like fuck off I,
2: I kicked up a little bit of controversy on Twitter a couple oh, of months back oh. where oh. I was like are we still pretending that the Drive soundtrack was like non-stop bangers? Because like, it's got a couple of good songs on it, and the rest of it's just like... Thank you, Tim. It's fine. That hero song that I always confuse with "I Need a Hero." <laughs> That's the
0: the song from Drive. Mm. Couldn't name another song. There's some pumping synth stuff which is done mm. better the synths, in Tron Legacy. The synth
1: stuff <laughs> I grew- I like a lot, but I don't remember any of the songs. Nope. Yeah. At it's
0: all. It's no Meow, näow, neither, <laughs> <"Neow, inaudible> <"Meow>, new, 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 new. Is it, though? There's no Daft Punk, though, is it? No. Let's be real. <laughs> anyway, we
2: should drag ourselves back to, to Escape from New York. Oh, yeah! We're talking about, Escape yeah. from LA. Yeah.
1: So, the film Escape from New York arguably impresses people. Mm. Even now, because it is a, an 80s product mm. set in the 90s, or a vision of the 90s, mm. but it's still got a pace and a tempo and attention to the whole thing, and it moves brilliantly along you go with this guy from the very get go you are launched into the whole thing mm. and it's it's fucking great Lee Van Cleef is amazing in as, it.
2: as like weird and um, slightly confusing and I think like ge- generally kind of meant to be this kind of like wait fucking all of New York is a prison how the fuck does that yeah like, the logic of it as, is like what as much as it is like that I think it immerses you in the world really really well and once you are in that world with following snake around yeah. it's so good and it also is kind of it, you know we talk a lot we whenever we talk about die hard we talk about how die hard was this like antidote to the stereotypical 80s action like muscle kind yeah, yeah. i think and escape from new york is that before that has really become a thing yeah like it it, it it's this like almost like a an alternate future like if, if it had been slightly more successful we could have had the diehards a decade earlier because yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it is yeah. that like gotta sneak around i'm surrounded by enemies everywhere i look yeah. uh, and, one
0: man army kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah definitely um, but but westerns basically yeah, yeah
2: it's 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 that got cool, that weird western influence like yeah. you say yeah, it's a fascinating film. Like and Carpenter's
1: always been ahead of done that stuff. Done so well. Yeah his, yeah, his Halloween was ahead of what it was
0: supposed to be. The mm. thing was ahead. Mm. Most of these things have been underappreciated because of that. <coughs> and they'll become those cult classics because yeah. of that reason, that like you said. Entirely. It, they do well when they come out in this classic Carpenter, but they're like, oh, 10 years later, it's revealed as like, this was a fucking masterpiece and mm. you all slept on it. Yeah. What the hell is yeah. wrong with you all? Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, Escape from New York, it's very hard for people not to go, it's pretty good. And they might not like it. They go, no, I can see why it was good. I can understand yeah. why it was a, was a popular and important thing. Ooh. Then we have to fast forward ahead. <laughs> I There's so much history as to why this film happened and how this film happened. And I largely reject all of it because yeah. it's so utterly pointless. There's no real... Hunger from an audience for it. Mm-hmm. The studio doesn't really give too much of a shit about it in theory. Enough to fund it, but not really mm-hmm. to back it that much. Um, the time in terms of like the action scene, we're talking about like Con Air coming around about this sort mm. of time. It's a Bruckheimer-defined yeah. era, yeah. and then there's this completely out of place, out of time. and maybe it was you know a good idea for a man out of time sort of thing. Mm. Didn't really fit. Um, there wasn't a lot of resurgence of older characters coming back in that
2: form. I mean, you had other nah, things. It wasn't, and it wasn't the same. Like now it's, we're so full. We're so used to characters from the eighties coming back or concepts yeah, I mean, from the eighties yeah, or yeah. the nineties coming back and, yeah. or, or those tropes being recycled and stuff. Whereas like that early nineties period, it, there was actually quite a lot of like concepts that were unique to cinema. Like your, you know, con air and, you know, Jurassic fucking Park, man. Jurassic Park, Armageddon, not a great film, but a unique idea. Yeah, you know, (laughs) so unique they made deep impact. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) no, you're right. It was a a very strange thing. And a couple of years beforehand, um, Tombstone just came out. About to say Tomb Raider. Tombstone. About to say Tomb Raider. (laughs) (laughs) Kurt Russell
2: as Lara Croft.
1: Oh, I'd watch it. Mm -hmm. I'd regret it, but I'd watch it um no tombstone just came out and kurt russell was fantastic everyone's mm, amazing that yeah um it pissed on uh again talking about films coming out at the same time kevin costner was in wire up at the same time yeah yep. and that just didn't do very well because it was a very long three-hour biopic as opposed to this really fast-paced well-shot fun almost action film was tombstone mm. um so yeah they, it was in a weird place but then it's like you know what we do another escape film it's like oh Oh, okay, that could be interesting. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's like it's been a while—fifteen years. Mm. That's yeah. Fuck it, let's try it. And then it's like, what's it about?
0: Same thing. Yeah, it's, it's he's escaping, escaping thing. from Los Angeles, which and has also, been turned into <laughs> a giant prison,
2: <laughs> and, and also a very bad CGI tidal wave. <laughs> we have a lot to say about the CGI.
0: Yeah, Tim, you kind of hinted at it earlier with the he arrives in an unusual vehicle and <laughs> crashes it, and then as he gets out, it explodes even more and falls into the sea and all this bullshit. I'm like, God, that submarine looks like some <laughs> PS one bullshit. It really does. And the CGI in this film, we've talked about CGI a fair amount in this season. We didn't you know talking about Tron and Star Trek yeah, and yeah. Mummy, returns. Mummy Returns all that kind of stuff, exactly this is the worst CGI of the season, mm. Yes, some of the worst I've ever seen in terms of it actually looking like it's supposed to be in this film mm-hmm. where it's just, that is just a bunch of fucking polygons they've slapped in front of a screen and they're like, yeah, that's that's fine. We don't need to do like a lighting pass or anything. That'll mm. be fine. Well, you we don't need to. God forbid, we like match the color scheme or match the mm. lighting to any of the surroundings. It is just a fucking polygonal blob in the middle of the <laughs> fucking screen, and I hated it.
1: It was very painful and and so boxy. And in the, in the opening couple of shots, where they describe what's going on, uh, and you're like, okay, world building. And it, it, we should point out, we haven't already. Actually, we haven't mentioned this. We have for Patreons. Uh, sorry, patrons, not patreons. Patrons, patrons, patrons. 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 But the on patrons. Patreon, for Ex- our patrons, expecto patrons. Um, we have a commentary of Escape from LA and the opening couple of shots with those boxy, awful helicopters <laughs> rolling around. <laughs> oh like, yeah, the yeah. helicopters!
2: So
0: <laughs> awful. We and compared like, it to those really low-budget Ugandan films, didn't yeah. we? What Hollywood? Yeah. <laughs> and even then, it's like, nah, they did it better.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's genuinely painful. They were remarkably bad. And, you know, we laugh at it now. And it was a period in time where Jurassic Park had come out. We always point out Jurassic Park because it was leading the way. And Jurassic Park basically signaled to everyone else, look what you can do with visual effects. Everything in this film is visual effects. It's like, you are wrong, you dumb fucks. It's mostly puppets. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's like, you know, giving a tool to uh, an inexperienced individual who doesn't know how to use it. It's like, oh, I'm going to use this... uh, this wood polishing thing for the floor and then you end up like just sucking the whole carpet up and you're like, oh fuck, I've ruined it. It's like, yeah, cause you didn't look at anything, you just literally took the work before you, in fact, there's a Jurassic Park quote in Jurassic Park about it. You didn't do the work yourself, you saw the work of others and you t- took it and you built it on it yeah. and now you're trying to sell it. That's literally what's happened. So, a lot was expected of this movie and it's frustrating because it, there's so many novel workarounds in the first film because in inverted commas quite low budget in Escape mm. from New York and there's a whole smashed plane in the middle of the street which is mm. amazing. There's... They couldn't do actual um, computer effects the way they wanted to where they have a, a, a sort of computer-guided radar kind of thing yeah, flying over the, a city. Yeah, the,
2: the glider coming in exactly. to land on the World Trade Center. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, awkward. Um, but they... they so what they did was they built a model, put it like luminescent tape around things and just f- flew the camera around it. It's yeah. so fucking novel. That's like independent filmmaking shit I mm. absolutely love. In this one when they opened the describing about how what happened to um to LA, you're like, "Oh yeah, there it is." It looks shit now. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it's 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 boring. Mm. But there's so much of that going on here and they're like, "We'll just do it with CGI. We'll just do it with CGI." Mm. But there was a huge problem with that. And I don't know whether to blame the studio or Carpenter. I feel like it's the studio
2: fault. Probably. Well, yeah, the um, the visual effects house who worked on the film, uh, Buena Vista Visual Effects, yeah. had never actually done CGI before, and didn't know how to do it. Yeah, which that's that's kind of a problem. That's, that's really that bad. sounds like a fairly important thing to know about.
0: If you're the visual effects company yeah. that's been hired to do a fucking movie would you just pick a dude who's never directed for pick a random bloke off the well, street and be see, like hey point a camera at Kurt Russell like, yeah sure You with, with the nature
1: of film mm. you can get very lucky with that you can mm. genuinely be the first one to create certain things mm. or the first individual or or even just someone's like we've never thought to do this before I mean like uh, with Orson Welles a fairly untested director it's like I'm gonna shoot up it's like you can't shoot up that's where all the uh, the lights are I'm gonna put a cloth ceiling over the top so you can't actually see the mics and the lights it's like what? <laughs> Shit, why? That's brilliant, but why? To make the characters look imposing and bigger than the audience. Fuck, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's like, no one thought to do this. It's, it's a, you know, that kind of... It's
2: the... Sometimes you... Uh, inexperience allows you to, like bust through walls that people are, uh, just assume are incredibly solid and yeah. actually like it's just conventional wisdom and you you know you bust through there and there's this whole other world on the other side yeah, yeah. and then sometimes you run into that wall at full speed going <laughs> i know how to do this and it's made of concrete yeah. um and and you do actually it's like no 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 if you're gonna do cgi you need to know how cgi works yeah um the, the, it's Sometimes you can
1: fall on your feet and think, fuck me, that was a good job. How mm. did I do that and work backwards? Other times you're a drunk in a pub saying, yeah. I, f- I could fucking climb this building, fuck you. And then you die. And yeah. we're also
0: in the era now of like, if you don't have the do visual effects, go and watch some Adobe tutorials. Yeah. Yeah. Go and watch a YouTube video. Go and watch the behind the scenes of all yeah. these other films. And yeah. you can... I'm not saying you're suddenly going to be working for ILM but you can kind of work it out at home and stuff technology like technology is accessible Matt you do a lot of your own visual effects and stuff I for your... do yeah and we know the guy who who works with you and does a lot of your stuff he's yep. a, literally across the road from us right now very true um, freelance and, and mm. granted he went to university for it and all that kind of stuff but yeah. you can kind of do that now with all this technology you can perfect In... your skills yeah. yeah you can sit at home with a fairly decent you know set up uh, and kind of Gareth do it yourself. Edwards did it there you go Exactly. You can kind of get away with that shit with the invention of all the Adobe stuff. Mm. Not in the 90s you couldn't, because no. that shit goes wrong real quick.
2: And the frustrating thing here is there's not much in this film that you couldn't recreate with, using yeah. existing effects at the time.
0: That's a really
2: good point. The, yeah, You know, it might have cost a bit more money in different places but given how new cgi was i'm sure it was exp- like making yeah. this film was expensive as fuck probably and looks terrible and i'm sure that they, <laughs> could, they could have gone for and a CGI less in the 90s for you a less high-tech solution like there's no like you've got these boxy futuristic looking helicopters get a fucking helicopter and Put a weld box some extra it. weld some extra panels on it yeah and fly it around and there you've got it like mm. you know the 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 tidal wave stuff like i'm sure they could have done with i mean you
0: don't need a tidal wave in this film anyway you don't need a tidal wave in this film
2: um but like you know there there were films getting made that you know you look at like the indiana jones films that had these big stunt set pieces Mm -hmm. complex stuff happening it had visual effects in it but it was sparingly used yeah um and this film is just like like you say so much responsibility has just gone like we'll fix it in CGI in post. Mm. We've heard Ooh. of it. We've got this fantastic new technology. It's going to make it look <laughs> so good. Yeah. And then you pass it to the people and they are like still working out where the plugs go into the wall. <laughs> that sounds...
1: Again, that's a very astute way of looking at it. The thing is, and it's supposition, but I think it's probably correct. If you say to a studio, or Paramount, I think, produced the one, and you said, we're doing a snake movie, we're doing mm-hmm. a i say, like, oh, Okay. That sounds a little dated, a bit retro. Why would we do that? Uh, it's gonna. How is it gonna compete with these these mm. new films? It's gonna have cutting edge CGI. Oh, all right.
2: And we it's have it such, now with the same shit. It's, like, it's what, what's, what's, such what's a different? fucking coked up movie executive yeah. decision. <laughs> it is. Of like, if we want it to compete, we're gonna have to put some CGI in there. That's yeah. what the kids are crazy for these days. I don't want to see any of this. Old school shit. Fire all those people. I want CGI. You guys you guys are going to build me a computer and you're going to make it shoot lasers out of my dick. <laughs> but we don't know how to do that. None of us have the training for that. I want a laser dick.
1: Tim,
0: producer, is a character
1: we need keep returning to every episode.
0: I'm not... Saying you're wearing a shirt that would suit a coked-up producer from the 80s, (laughs) Tim, but you're wearing a shirt that would suit a coked-up producer. You look like a fucking Scarface and or Miami (laughs) Vice villain. (laughs) Just undo a few more buttons. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, It's so true in that sense. And we talked about it in Mummy Returns as well. That era of CGI. I feel so sorry for so many of the filmmakers of that era because like... Like you said, Tim, it's everybody going, oh, my God, we've got this amazing technology. We'll fix it all in post. It'll be fine. No, you won't. It's going to look shit. It's going to look shit forever. Mm. Now you can be like, we'll fix it in post. You probably can, yeah. Mm. Or we don't have the technology. We'll have to do it practically. Yeah. Oh, it looks good. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, there's a reason the thing still looks fucking amazing. Yeah, it's because John Carpenter and his team and who he worked with were fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's all practical and brilliant and all that kind of stuff. And it's like... Why would you get the guy who made the thing to do <laughs> terrible CGI when he's known for fantastic practical effects? I don't know.
2: I kind of think and, carbon disorders are blame for that one. And it's also the thing of, like, we talk about, like, oh, we'll fix it in post. Like, so much of special effects and even CGI relies on getting the information you need while you are filming. Yes. Like, there is a reason. Hugely so. Absolutely. There is a reason that you can do something like film Avengers Endgame and not know what the time travel suits are going to look like and just have people walking around in, like, T-shirts with white reference spots on them. Yeah. And then CGI that in and nobody can tell. Like, the reason that they can do that is because they know the preparation that they need to do when they're doing the filming to then do that. Whereas back in these early days, people didn't have that sense of like okay well if we're gonna put cgi in this thing we need to put something in to get a light reference for like how the light is going to bounce off of it in this particular lighting Mm. and take all those things into account and obviously that those you needed that time for people to figure that out and work out Mm -hmm. you know and and obviously you know we're sat here on the sidelines going you're not good at cgi (laughs) and there's people obviously at that point still knew that but Mm. It was a very fresh technology. Still. It was,
1: and any new technology you always have a lot of stumbling. I mean, Jack mentioned earlier my own filmmaking stuff, and part of the reason I'm not going to give myself like some sort of job of the blows, and uh, <laughs> say I'm an amazing filmmaker. But part of the reason that things work is because I know two things. One, I've had to because of independent filmmaking work every different job at one point or another in that industry as it were
0: i I said this to you the other day and it never occurred to me Mm. because i always think of you and i'd take the piss and be like oh matt's being director again this director mate is setting up all the shots and stuff i was like wait a minute matt doesn't have a dp he's his own dp (laughs) fuck Oh yeah, I hadn't even realized yeah. that because that's so integral to like what you yeah. do and how you shoot
1: your stuff. For some for some projects, I will have like a direct photography, for example. But most of the time, it's just me. And uh, who's your editor? Former for
0: sequelizer Tom Martin was a DP. He was one, from one yeah, of, the, yeah, one of your, your projects as well. Yeah, very true.
1: Did a good job. Um, uh, sound stuff mostly me. Uh, music in the past has been me. Mm. Um, visual effects me. So and the things I always film things like well, if I can't get anyone, I have to do this myself. So I have to shoot it away that I know how it work. Back then, it was just a case of, we'll get someone who knows what they're doing. I'll just shoot it like, as a regular movie. And I'll just do it, and it'll be fine. And they'll work around it. It's like, you, you can't do that. But they didn't know at the time. Mm. They wouldn't have... And it's not like a fault of Carpenter in a strange way. It's just that you were sold on this technology, like, don't worry, it'll fix everything. As if... In the same way that a cam. A cam when it was invented, I want to say, on the set of The Shining, oddly enough, mm. um, to track through the maze things. Mm, interesting. Um, feel free to correct me and feel free to uh, yeah, fuck off. If that's true, that's
0: already cool piece of trivia. I'm
1: pretty sure it's true. yeah cool. Um, and that's how it was created. But then it's just a tool. It's just a thing. You can't just give someone that and say, now it looks cinematic. You mm. have to know how to use it. Um, and the same thing with any skill in terms of like filmmaking. It's like, great, we've got pyrotechnics now. Do you have any idea how to shoot a pyrotechnic scene at all? <laughs> figure it out. Have you consulted anyone? No one to consult. It's new. No. <laughs> right. People are going to die. Who's the expert? No one. Yeah. That's what was called the fucking silent movie era. <laughs> yeah. We just did shit mm-hmm. and found out what worked and what didn't. And then they introduced sound as well and tried to figure out what the fuck was with that. And then eventually you got colour. Same principle. Mm. And CGI is one of those huge leap forwards. Mm. Uh, it leaps forwards in terms of like um, visual effects in general. Um, I don't think 3D could be considered the same thing. I would mm. say possibly... A uh, current thing would be de-aging is one of the things that's really... Ooh, yeah. People mm. are really sucking that one dry. Um, but now they know as well. Hello, the just, Irishman. Yeah. It's not just a case of... Um, smooth them out. Smooth them out. Again, Tron Legacy, not just like build a fake yeah. face. Oh, that's a really yeah, It's uh, a case uh, of now uh. you need to combine practical effects, makeup, um, some digital stuff, some tracking markers, all the bits and pieces mm. now. Uh, another good example, probably even a better example, is motion capture. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, which, again, went from uh, fucking... The Jar Jar Binks reference
0: shots that are mm. all completely useless uh, to Andy Serkis and all the things he's done. Mm. The Apes movies, we bring them up so yeah, much. Always do. They're fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we mentioned it in one of the episodes not too long ago with the fact that he went from Andy Serkis in a wetsuit on the set of Lord of the Rings and they had to hand paint him out and it was yeah. a massive pain in the yeah. ass to they're doing full motion capture on set with lighting and everything on the Apes movies. like Him and Toby Kebbell are there and they are the apes talking to each other and fighting with each other and stuff in this giant fucking structure and it's all happening right in front of your eyes. It's
1: absolutely insane. I'm going to throw this out there now. It's completely fucking irrelevant. Reeves, fantastic director. Mm. uh, and love the movies he's worked on so far. He's going to make a good fucking Batman. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Fast forward to when he does or doesn't.
0: It's going to be the best (laughs) Batman thing since The Dark Knight. I actually are completely are not fucking not agree much with you. competition yeah. there in my opinion. No not really but I agree with you.
2: Yep. Um obviously we've we've talked a lot about CGI a bit like we did with the mummy and again we should say like even if you fixed all the CGI in this film oh, it, it would still, would be, still terrible. be terrible. Um it's just escape from New York again. There's also with diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah, it's it's diminishing returns there's like <coughs> the final like action scene even with even if you fix the CGI in it, it's just bad. It's just this weird, like them coming in on hang gliders, oh, so and painful. then just a, a kind of vaguely confused gunfight going on <laughs> in Disneyland. In Disney, in fake Disneyland, yeah. It. I and I, I, we talk about this in the commentary. No, none of us know LA particularly well. No. But LA is a huge and sprawling city. It's not like like Manhattan, where you have a very dense population all crammed into a small space bounded by water. Yeah. You know. Well, um,
1: yeah, it, it, it was an island which it became, as you say, sprawling and unpopulated. Mm. LA was designed for the car. It was like one of the first yeah. American cities that was designed for car. It's really... Br- and, and I'm going to say this. Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's laid out because it's designed to be got to by car. You yeah. can't really walk anywhere. There's no... You think What's the main sites of, of mm. Los Angeles? And you go... Uh, the observatory? <laughs> How'd you get there? Car. Yeah. And what are you observing?
2: Mostly roads.
1: Yeah. It's, and and, it, yeah.
2: and it's like, so a film of this nature just doesn't work in LA because do it. because it wants to show you a bit like Escape from New York did, some of the iconic sights of the city. Yes. But they would all be so spread out that there's no sense, there's none of the claustrophobia yeah. or the sense of like danger could be right around the corner. That you get in Escape from New York because, yeah. like, Escape from New York feels it's as vertical as it is horizontal in yes. a lot of ways, you know. And you're constantly like, "Oh, what's what's that up there?" Or "What's this creeping underneath me?" Like mm. coming up from the sewers, like a Judge Dread thing. Yeah, yeah. A bit like a York, yeah. you are, are, are constantly on
1: raid as well. Yeah, exactly. Very vertical. Whereas no. the things that the, the iconic landmarks are mostly neighborhoods. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. it's
0: the Beverly Hills Surgeon. I'm like, oh, it's and you have you have Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> His uh, character driving around and yeah. being the tour guide to the mm. stars thing, like, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: It's so, it's so, it's also the big problem as well. And this is something that um, audiences don't seem to always understand. But it's like yeah, audiences, yeah, audience, Fuck you. When we did our um uh our, our Patreon commentary on the Oscars, mm. um, when we're like, you know, Jack's saying I don't think it's going to get it and Tim Rowe's like, I no it is Hollywood loves Hollywood yeah and, and so when was
0: so fucking true
1: when you've been in the system you're like uh, ah yeah, I get it so there are so many little stupid fucking jokes in this movie about agents and oh, the God. Hollywood scene and it's yep. all like this is not playing to anybody but people who literally are within a very small ring yeah it's yeah. such an in joke and it's not funny
2: yeah Steve Buscemi's like constantly like oh I'll be your agent hey are you, I hear you need a new agent it's like that so Ugh. doesn't work with the aesthetic that you have set up in Escape from New York, like yeah. and it it's only, all too light. It would yeah, it would only work if you went like this there's, there's there's attempts at satire there, but yeah. they are mm. the weakest possible satire, and like to to give that more edge, you would have to skew the film even further away from what it originally was, like because the the satirical elements in Escape from New York are aimed at. Like government overreaction. It's not. It's not poking mm. fun at just kind of modern society in general. It's talking about like the prison industrial complex yes. and totalitarian governments, like big stuff and intimidating stuff. It's not like, hey, everyone in Hollywood's really conceited and they all just care about films yeah. and all surf bums. Yeah, and the Rain Man, the
1: Acid Rain Man. Thanks, Fonda. Uh. It's it's it, here's a strange parallel for you because 80s, 90s. Um, having experienced and sampled both those fucks. Um,
0: As we learned in the quiz on the uh, patron, oh. exclu- patron exclusive quiz, God's sake. I did not experience <laughs> nope. or learn anything about <laughs> the 80s. You know about the uh, Prime Minister of Thailand's wife's shoes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. apparently so.
1: Um, if we take two big cultural things for kids, Transformers and Turtles. Ooh at uh, a stretch here what is 80s and what is 90s but bear with me a second if you take two, series 2 or 3 of Transformers you've got um, stories that are carrying on, same characters are there, they've done a film, all these bits have happened I think they started to move into the whole Optimus is being replaced by Rodimus Prime and all these rod sort of things and they, they're trying to move mm. on evolve in the story, but... <laughs> sorry,
2: Rodimus Prime? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he that's gets, a thing he but, gets the matrix of the leadership, leadership Jack just, yeah <laughs>
1: Should have gone to Ultra Magnus, I'm just saying.
2: But moving on. Um, Ultra Magnus is great. He's a little guy inside a
0: big guy. <laughs> Another controversial opinion. never give a fuck about Transformers. It's never never have, never will. It's because you're a 90s boy. Correct. But the point I is... I broke Stuart's heart when I told him. <laughs>
1: the point is that it was at a time, the Reagan times, where you could advertise directly to kids. It, you have a thinly veiled advert and called it a cartoon to sell shit oh it didn't matter about the uh didn't matter about what you were selling didn't matter about the violence gi joe worship fuck it sell it then you get the turtles series one of the turtles great and it works well it's the same bullshit sell things to kids and it's a huge thing and everyone says they have they have fucking swords and knives and the 90s changed and said yeah we need to do away with this. And uh, you do have this change. We talked about something that I've, we talked about in the Home Alone episode, mm. <laughs> where there's a change in how children are no longer mischievous, evil, scamp bastards. Mm. They're to be protected and their innocence. Mm. And this whole very strange post Reagan y kind of era stuff and George W. H. W. Mm. Bush sort of thing. And it, it, it's a very odd time where they said, Right, series two of the turtles, the swords will only be used to cut pipes, which will really yeah. steam. And then it's like, it's like, wait, what? What is happening here? And they were neutered in a way and brought down something they could sell. Again, sell toys still. And it still had the stuff. I remember, again, I had the toys as a kid. Mm-hmm. I still had like Sai and nunchucks and still beat the shit out of people mm-hmm. with them. Because that's what we did when you were a child in Britain. And let's <laughs> face it, most places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, was, it's, it, it wasn't it was that unusual. And that's kind of how I see Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. One is a really gritty thing trying to say something. In this case, not sell something, but actually say (laughs) something. And Escape from L.A. is like its very strange shadow where it's been completely watered down, much softer, and much more cartoony, despite the fact that it's the same thing. I mean, again, you can literally have a scene where uh, the same story happens, same premise, and... Snake is sent into this island because now LA's an island because of an earthquake and he's been given the virus. This time it wasn't injected into him. It was scratched onto him in one of the worst oh. fucking cutaway shots. Oh,
0: that is the worst fucking... fucking... Oh, I wonder if that's going to be relevant later. Signpost
1: that shit. Beat Walk it back in your face with it. Although I did like the whole, um... Which one of you gives me the shot on the way back? <laughs> oh, it's not one of us. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were there were clips. There was a, uh, like a fake rounds hot shot. I'm like, no. Oh. Well, that's annoying. <laughs> um... <laughs> Although they do make Snake more dumb in this film, which is very mm. annoying. Anyway, so he goes in the island, everything's exactly the same, but always down to things like the beat of... In New York, he gets tired at one point and then sits on a little chair he finds. Escape from LA, does the same fucking thing. <laughs> and, it's, and then, you know, an important character just happens to come along and say, hey, do you want to carry on with the story? Yeah. <laughs> it's so
0: fucking absurd.
1: And That's so true. In this case, though, it, it, it's... I don't know, I don't know if it's just a case of John Carpenter getting older and more cynical or if it's just them getting more tired, but it's all a bit
2: lazy. Mm. In every sense of the word. Do you do you want to know the terrifying future that we avoided though?
1: Oh, uh, 3. Yeah. I know, but we should let them know.
2: Yep. So, uh there Does was Jack know? going distracting. I don't think so. Oh. There was going to be an escape 3. Um... From where it was going to be, uh. Escape from Mars. Oh, I was yeah, what? No, and it became what? John Carpenter's Ghosts, Ghosts of, of Mars. Mars. Yeah.
0: Fucking hell! Yeah. <laughs> I think we did. We did talk about this. This I rings a did, bell. Yeah, because yeah, you brought Ghosts of Mars up at some. Maybe mm. it was during the commentary or Probably something commentary, like that. But yeah. fucking hell! Ago. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous. And I think as well, I. Because, again, if you're going to try and continue the franchise... I mean, obviously, we're going to wipe the slate clean. Mm-hmm. But if you do try and continue it from there, you the precedent you've set is, well, I guess you have to do the same thing again. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone's going to say, oh, wasn't the same. Good, but also, what? And then you end up with, as you say, Ghost of fucking Mars with yep. Jason fucking Statham, who is definitely not Kurt fucking Russell. <laughs> really?
0: I always assumed he was Kurt Russell. You... I know you're joking, <laughs> but
2: I've got to suppress just, the just Celtic do... <laughs> rage in me to smash your face. <laughs> Jason Statham wishes he could achieve the luxurious mane of Kurt Russell. Oh, oh uh, He as, does a good as, job in a revolver.
0: As a bald man, Matthew, I assume you dream of luxurious hair. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm going to tell you the truth. I've told this truth before, I think, but I'm going to tell you again. And it sounds like a, it's, it's going to sound like a lie. I'm telling you this right now. I massively prefer being bald. <laughs> I j- it, the the it, it's so free of hassle. But if you could trade it for having Kurt Russell's hair, if I could trade it for Kurt Russell's hair, that required no maintenance.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah. I, assu- <laughs> I assume
0: it requires a lot of maintenance because it is a uh, it's a majestic mane. It's a fucking mane, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> High maintenance.
1: Oh, I don't like puns.
0: I know that's <laughs> why I did it. Yeah,
1: so it's a very weird film, and it's very unfortunate, and we're all very sad it exists and it does, and it made shit money, and everyone got really sad, and John Carpenter's career kind of spiraled from there. Mm.
0: Thanks for the summary, Matt. Yeah, I
1: appreciate yeah. thought I'd throw it out there because it's a sad, sad story. Yeah, nineties <laughs> Carpenter is an unfortunate time. He's like he's he's fine, he does some interesting stuff with like uh, *Math and Madness* and *Prince* Douglas and stuff like that. It's just some interesting things, but then two thousands Carpenter. I mean, that's the,
2: like he's often a, a filmmaker that we've pointed to and gone like. Oh yeah, you're making a film in the '80s, like, and 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 you fucked it up, like. Get get John Carpenter on it, but he definitely does. Like, there's certain filmmakers, and you can see it throughout the kind of the rise of CGI. There's certain film filmmakers who don't get it, or they get it to a certain extent, and then. As CGI has got better, they've just they've not got how to integrate it properly. And or they become obsessed kind, with it, like
1: James Cameron.
2: Yeah, and he's kind of one of the first casualties he, of he that. Is, where yeah. because because the films of the type that he would want to make are so the films that would now include CGI, and mm. the fact that he just can't seem to get it right, like it means he's stuck making stuff like vampires, which is, you know, pulpy and fun, but like... Ooh, James Woods think, is also not fucking Kurt Russell. Yeah, when you think of the ambition of his early stuff, and you, I mean, you look at something like The Thing, um, like... It's if he, one if, of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, I'm going to say if, it. I don't if, if, give a fuck. It is. If, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If he had had the skill, like, and the mindset to properly get to grips with CGI... Like, he could have been producing some amazing stuff and instead he's mm. just kind of become irrelevant, unfortunately. No, it's true. And it, his music's still good though.
1: Um but yeah, mm. he does like performances mm. and stuff. But other than that, yeah. We look back at the thing now with obviously let's face it, roast into goggles was mm. like saying, Oh, this is so good. It's it, it's hard to remember that the people working on the film nearly died because he was punching out so much in terms of quant very high quality mm. um uh output for just just makeup in general and suits and bits and pieces and all this lavish stuff and it was nearly killing him mm. and it did kill him the guy in question by the way is rob botton and in the interviews on the thing like the, the DVD and stuff he would talk about how he literally was rushed, rushed to hospital afterwards because he was like staying awake all the time so I think in the same way and I'm not giving sort of carpenters shade for this but I think if he had someone dedicated, i.e., believed in it so much that he was willing to die on the CGI <laughs> of Escape from LA, it would look better. But as Tim already said, it could have been the most beautiful, amazing, cutting edge thing, like like a Tron Legacy, um, Joseph Kaczynski sounding like mm-hmm. Oblivion or something, and it looked, looked absolutely beautiful, and it still would have been a big pile of shit. Mm. Um, and I'm saying that the idea that there's so many similar points throughout the point let's say like him sitting down and then beat for being mm. the same but it's neutered again in the same way that uh, at one point he's captured by the bad guy and put into a ring to have a sort of uh, a sort of show tournament oh god <laughs> I hated
0: that bit so much the fight it looks like the fucking Kirk versus Gorn are not actually hurting each other they swing and at the last second they pull back too much and it looks like they're just going eh, and like fucking pillow fighting with each other and it was rubbish <laughs> It is a weaker element. Fight, fight scenes in films just drive me nuts yeah. if they look really unrealistic. Yeah, because fighting is such a basic fucking thing. We've well, known how to fight and how fighting looks for mm. thousands of fucking years. It's true. You know, you know how to choke somebody unconscious. Uh, People have known that for decades in terms of filmmaking at this point. There's no thing.
1: excuse. We still haven't gotten over uh, a 2004 for development in terms of fighting, in as in in terms of like how we present myself. You think about the raid, normal things, how <laughs> things are shown. Two thousand
2: and four, like, where we learned that you
1: kick people in the nuts. Uh <laughs> It's where we learned that if Brad Pitt is playing Achilles, he can do a jump and go, <laughs> and then <laughs> stab someone. And that jump, that run jump sort of thing, with a slowdown, just like as if like mm. if I if I jump and then punch him, it'll be hard. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah,
0: Superman punch, yeah.
2: Falcon punch, Falcon punch.
0: But is that, yeah, so that was no, when the- that's what it actually is in real life. It's called the Superman punch. Yes, the technique in mixed martial arts is the oh. Superman punch. Where well, you you fake a kick or a knee, but then throw your fist forward. So you like yeah, extend your leg out and throw yeah. your fist forward. So it's kind of like a pow and your Superman punch. And they've taken that in wrestling. Hmm. And a guy called Roman Reigns. Oh, like, Reigns. Yeah. Uh, he's in Fast and Furious. Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. He's he? the Rock's cousin in real life and in the thing. Yeah, yep. um, he's one of his signature moves. The Superman punch, where he runs at you, jumps, and then does the like big fist and punches yep. you in the face. So we're still doing that now. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah.
2: The, the one I always think of is uh, Jack in the f- finale of Lost. Oh, oh yeah, God. yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah that looks oh, fucking great.
0: Me, me for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about is Jack. just I just, <laughs> I just
2: sit back and think about Jack doing a Superman punch. Yeah.
1: Eh, you can all take a moment, listeners. Yeah. Mm. So that fight is it ends with the, you know it, it's it's a, 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 in a ring and he's given a bat with some uh, some nails sticking out and he smacks into this bad guy's head and it's like oh it's all over. Mm. It's, it's quite brutal. It's it looks pony, but mm-hmm. it's fine. The version in this one is he goes <laughs> to a basketball court <laughs> in the middle of a stadium that I don't care about. or get the reference for. Mm. And he has to do a halftime. What's a half half clock? Mm-hmm. Half court challenge. Half court challenge, thank you. Not clock cock, which is what I wanted to say <laughs> for some reason. So he has to make, he's got like, I don't know, 10 shots to make in 10 seconds. Some bullshit. Mm. And he has to go from one end of the we court. We don't know basketball, we're, <laughs> we're white British dudes, we yeah. don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Something about, about balls. Yeah, so he has to go from one end of the court, sink a ball, go the other one, mm. dunk. Back and forth. And obviously he gets more tired. And he's like, oh he's doing a good job. Ah, mm. oh, but now he's getting tired. And it's like, oh, mm. that's riveting fucking television yeah. slash cinema. Um and there is an amazing thing, and in, and and because the CGI is so shit in this movie, I'm like, that's definitely real. Yeah. Um where they have you know, the last couple of seconds and he's about to to lose and be executed and all this stuff mm. happens. And he's got the whole court, the whole however long a court from is, from one court. basket yeah. to another, and he lobs the fucker in, and it goes all the way and goes straight in. And it's like, holy shit, Kurt Russell! But then you think, hang on, that's probably fake. And they think, nope, I saw the helicopters. These guys have no idea how to make that go in. As the, I mean, the the there's like a very slight reverb on on the um on the actual. Rim of the of the, mm. of the hoop and the the net sway is just ever so slightly like, no, that's real. Yeah. If it, was a, if, it was, if it was accomplished CGI, we would fucking know about we know. it if it was yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And it's CGI. It's like, shit, that's cool. And then, of course, it undermines it with a, just have to shoot him anyway. Have to. It's like, yeah. what? But it's the same thing. It's like, you take this, you know, what What are we going to do to sort of entertain ourselves? Chuck him in the pit with this fucking monstrous wrestler looking mm. motherfucker and just have him fight to the death. It's like, that's pretty awful. What about this one? We're going to do a basketball game.
0: Not like, a basketball game. A basketball (laughs) halftime challenge bullshit. Yes. (laughs) Everyone gets free pizza. This is the kind of thing that we do in the halftime of a basketball game where they pick somebody from the crowd to see if they can shoot a thing. Yeah. And then they win a year's supply of KFC or some bollocks, whatever the sponsor for that thing is. Yeah, exactly. And that's like... Not even an actual fucking competition to the death or to the anything of anything.
2: And then we find out it's rigged anyway. Just random basketball bollocks. Yep. I think this is like... Picking up off what you were saying earlier, Matt. I think the thing is, is that Escape from L.A. feels like if Escape from New York was written by the Lost Boys from Hook. Oh wow! <laughs> like, yeah, is that like oh, yeah? It's totally radical, but also like we don't really know what we're doing. So <laughs> we're just gonna- Adults surf and play basketball, right? Like, yeah, play. Sure, sure. Play. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a very valid point. And then it's this classic thing of like, hang on a minute. I recognize that voice. It's my friend, but he dresses like a girl now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no! Let's, let's
2: let's throw in some horrible transphobia with Pam Gray. Oh, Pam
0: Gray's character. In oh my god! It's it's. Oh my god, Matt! No, and then just that's all we need to say. It's the worst. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's gross, worst. and you can't like del- what was the intention here? Well, we talked about this in the commentary. Is this supposed to like, be is
1: it funny or something? It's like no, it's meant to be like a joke. It's like it's not really funny. It's neither funny
0: or nor like clever. But then or I interesting. know what it is.
1: It's literally just saying, uh, L.A." That's literally yeah, all it's that's, saying. That's, yeah. that's the joke, L.A., uh, which is you'll find anything here in this city. Oh. A man and or woman who used to be... I don't even know. What's the character's name? Hershey. Oh, no. Fuck all the way off. Oh, Uh, God. Carjack Malone.
2: Oh. I mean, what do you... Fuck's sake. So there's plenty of fodder for fixing in Escape from L.A.
1: Yeah, it is is not a good film. Um, but again, as I say, because I saw it at 15 and he had a cool long leather coat rather than a jacket, I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's
0: fucking awesome. He does <laughs> a cool stealth suit thing. He does. I, yeah. I
1: would also maintain, as I did in, in the commentary, I like the opening theme with more guitar and stuff rather than just being the synth because the fucking yeah, theme I'm is amazing. About, I'm all about mm. the guitars. Yeah. And that, from, from New York theme is, is again, Carpenter being... Mm, and the, like we stuff. said, the ending's cool. Welcome to the
0: human race. Yeah. That's so cool. And <laughs> yeah. apparently... Written entirely by Kurt Russell. That's right, because yeah. he has a writing credit. His yeah. only writing He's credit. His only yeah. writing credit yeah. in his entire career. And apparently he came up with the idea mm-hmm. and entirely wrote that final scene with him and the president. and the.
1: I mean, it's interesting because it's like the fake-out from the... Uh, no, no, sorry. It's the exact fake-out oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. from the it first film. Like, oh, it's a tape, but this time it's a tiny CD with yeah. a little bit of nail varnish on it. Yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. Because technology, right? Technology. Oh, it's not a tape Ooh. anymore. We're, we're upgrading. how that works. Gough. But I like that it's the hologram emitter thing and mm. I like that it's like if you do that you'll wipe out everything. Yeah. Who gives a don't shit? Don't care. <laughs> don't give a fuck. I, I don't I, care.
0: I don't hate the hologram thing as well because they set that up earlier they in the do. film mm-hmm. and by the time it comes back around you're like I'd that was a thing mm-hmm. and they specifically mention it you know, like when I first did it I was like okay that's really heavy handed. Yes. 90 minutes later I forget it's a thing. Yeah. It's the one example I'm so of something... busy watching all this bullshit for the other 90 minutes and then you're <laughs> yep. like oh, yeah, he just stood behind a tree around the corner, that's cool. <laughs> the <laughs> thing is, it's the one example
1: of something new. And that's yeah. why it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. And he, yeah. he literally says, no. And he does the same fake out. And it's like, oh, he's put out the world code. No destination. And he's got this great couple of facial expressions. And it, it, it's solely just the idea of, like, if you if you do this, and it's like, what? I don't care. You yeah. people. Are, and are and, and the thing is, He's awful because he's shutting down hospitals and everything. Yeah. He's literally a selfish he's, turd. Like
2: Snake Herth Plissken, probably is, genocide, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah. He. like everyone's on the ground right now. He's an incredibly nihilistic hero. Like. Yeah. Mm, yeah he, very much so. He he's does the comedian. not give a fuck. Like. i the comedian cared too much by then, but do care. Yeah. Yeah. He. He. He just does not really care. Like the only way you can get him to care about a thing is by threatening to kill him. Yeah. Like self-preservation. Yeah. Um, God, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nihilism uh, is cool, kids. And I bet he smokes. Oh. That's
1: the, that's the, another thing that Kurt Russell blatantly must have written himself or something like that. It's like, he's just like, I've done my recording, I'm feeling a bit woozy. Oh, look, I found a packet of cigarettes <laughs> behind a rock in a country where cigarettes are illegal. <laughs> it's like, what are you fucking talking How? Doesn't matter, because I have some plain old-fashioned stick matches. But um, <laughs> cool. Well, I'm cool as fuck. i smoke it look straight at the camera,
0: and look cool as fuck. Like,
1: <laughs> like, it, it, yeah, it's very much like, what are you looking at? Don't judge me. And then, on to the human race. And then and I go, <laughs> 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 it's so fucking good. It's so, it's so good. And it makes you, I think that's what I did as a kid. Like, watched that at the end of the film and thought, yeah, that was great. Is
0: that the most recent thing you just remember the last 10 seconds? You're like, that was really good. Uh, that's <laughs> just, how people
1: watched MCU films for a long exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. That was yeah, the best thing yeah. ever. I just saw Quicksilver. It's like, you just watched an entire fucking movie. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Quicksilver was in the last two years. And it's like, yeah, what about the rest of the film? Quicksilver. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it is a problem. But I think the real problem, much like we've had with the Evan Almighty things,
2: it's a real bastard to try and fix. Mm-hmm. Looks like you need a real bastard to fix it. <laughs> then. Ah-ha! Him, that's your fucking full court shot <laughs> in the mouth. But before we get to fixing Escape from LA, we uh, we should say hello, Howdy. Tip the cap to our sponsors, uh, who are of course Stitcher <laughs> Premium, uh, which is a fantastic platform that you can use to listen to all of your podcasts, uh, all your favourite shows. Listen to them ad-free on Stitch Premium. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get access to Stitcher originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more, more, more.
0: More, more, more. Um, including... How do you like it? How do you
2: like it? To take us from one Kurt to another oh. this week. Oh, shit. From Kurt Russell to Kurt Busiak, the writer of... Marvels mm. which has been turned into a, an audio drama and Marvels is for people who don't know a fantastic comic book from the 90s which kind of took the Marvel universe and went through several time periods of it giving a kind of like a man on the street perspective yep. of like a, a a photographer who worked for a newspaper and kind of having him encounter the various like superheroes and figures and stuff fantastic That's... comic book series and they've turned it into this really really good audio drama which i think we've possibly mentioned before when jack talked about uh the wolverine series that they've yes, done yeah, yeah. and it's done by produced by the same studio i believe mm. exactly it's done by the same studio it's a really really good production um really really worth listening to um, and you can get access to it on stitcher premium uh stitcher premium 4.99 a month in us dollars mm. or 34.99 a year which is a really good deal yes however For an even better deal, you can go to stitcher.com slash premium and sign up using the promo code SEQUALIZERS, spelt exactly like it's spelt everywhere. Just look at your listening device. Everywhere that we've posted it. Everywhere that we've put it. If you've bought one of our t-shirts, look down at that t-shirt and spell it that way. Um, Flip the t-shirt upside down. Anyway, you can use that promo code, that's SEQUALIZERS, for... (laughs) One month free. I like so,
1: it. you know. Bargain. Bargain. It, what happens though, Tim, if your sound device mm. that you're using Stitcher Premium on has had the Stitcher Premium CD switched out for the the satellite oh. mm. that is used to EMP and destroy all technology, and you accidentally type in, rather than sequelizes, you put mm. 666, the world code... Mm. And no destination to him. What happens mm. then? Do you the get world. 10% off or do you destroy the world? Uh,
2: you take 10% off of the world.
1: Ooh. I'm not going to lie. That might fix things. <laughs> <The> true
2: decimation, <laughs> if you will. might yes.
1: fix a lot of things. I'm not I'm not condoning genocide,
0: because
1: that's kind like of like what I'm mm. saying. But 10% less world...
0: Well, people anyway. Yeah. That might fix things.
2: And we'll leave the planet alone, Matthew. Mm. Um, and it will also play every Sequelizers episode compressed into one second worldwide. Oh, Oh. that's going to be a shrill punch in the fucking teeth. Yeah. Oh. So (laughs) so try not to mix it up with your Doomsday device when you're entering your promo code. But other than that, go for it because it's a great bargain and uh, you get access to Mm. all this kind of fantastic content. I've just noticed there's a nice bit of symmetry here. Go, what, go on. What
1: uh, uh, George Lucas refers to as rhyming. Mm. Which he doesn't do very well. Um, <laughs> which, which is the Nice I- idea,
2: George. Yeah. Get better at it.
1: <laughs> which is that we started this series with uh, a beloved film in the form of The Dark Knight followed up with a arguably beloved film but for the wrong reasons, Dark Knight Rises mm. in which... Uh, a dystopian world, arguably separate from our own, but the same at the same time, has an entire island set off and made into an effective prison. Oh, yeah, I see where you're going with this. Uh, yeah. in, in Bane world. And we were sitting there the whole time saying, how do they eat? How does the food work? How does the waste disposal work? <laughs> Whereas at no point through the, the state <laughs> from New York or LA, do we ever say, how do they survive? Because it's clearly shit. Yeah. And everything's piled up everywhere and it's gone to fucking crap. And you're like,
3: oh yeah yeah
1: that makes sense yeah and you know you're in trouble when escape from la makes more sense than the dark knight rises <laughs>
2: anyway good Lord. cyclical nature of things yeah well if we're comparing films well, to other films oh. perhaps it's time to break out the rotten tomatoes figures.
1: get that crate out Let's push our fingers into those gushy mushes.
0: <laughs> I've been saying some into, into awful things the today. outro goop.
1: Yep. Oh, oh. Oh, that's worse, isn't it? Yes, of course it is. Some rotten worse tomatoes. Than gushy mushes. Some gushy mushies. Some
2: rotting fruit versus a celebrity's vagina candle. So, gentlemen. Hello, Tim. I'm, Tim. Gonna, I'm gonna ask you for figures from three films today. What? Three iconic Oh. Kurt Russell performances. What? Oh, I thought what? we were going to a different road here. I thought we were going to try and bring in Ghosts of Mars. Um I would like your Rotten Tomatoes scores yep. for Escape from New York, Escape from LA, mm. and the computer war tennis shoes.
1: Fucking hell's sake. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, alright. Okay. What the shit.
2: Jack, um, we'll
1: start
0: we'll start with you. Escape from New York. Uh, I would like to start with an eighty-four percent, please. That's a very good guess. Mm. I might have done the same. Mm.
1: I won't do the same. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go bold as balls. Oh. I, I'm gonna lose. Here we go. But Matt. I'm gonna go for it because I'm gonna go with what's mm-hmm. the only way I ever win in. is
0: if the other person goes mental. <laughs> <That sounds. laughs> mm. It works for me. I'm gonna say ninety-three. Wow. Because <laughs> to me,
2: mm. Okay, Jack. How about escape from L.A.
0: Um, thirty-seven. Because
2: I like it? It's a prime number. Cause...
1: Ninety-three. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I'm um, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a twenty-one.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, mm. yeah. And mm. finally, the computer wore tennis shoes. I have no fucking idea.
1: join <laughs> me to go first, and you can base it off
0: my my thing. No. It's obviously ridiculous. 93, no. I have no idea what this film is, what it's about, whether it's poorly or We referenced it in Tron Legacy. I'm aware. Still don't know what it is. Why have you seen it,
2: You play a time. Do you want me to give you a synopsis No, 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 no. That's not allowed. That's not allowed.
0: Kurt Russell. Fucking, I don't know, 452. I don't know. That's yeah,
2: just to that be like just...
1: a three, isn't it? <laughs> no, sir. No, it's gonna be. I think seventy-one.
2: Oh, interesting. Okay, <laughs> or so. <two. laughs> I will tell you that. Escape from New York. Jack wins. Uh, yeah, one percent off. Oh, oh it is on. An 85% yes. yeah, come 85 on, eighty-five yeah, percent. Yeah, That's good, that's good. That's fun. appropriate. That's yeah, yeah. Um, Escape from L.A. Mm. I think they get it very wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh we go. shit. Here we go. Because I believe it was, what was it, 20... No, you you had I 30... Said, I went, 30, went 37. 37 and you had 21. 52%. Fuck
1: off. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. That's got to be nostalgia for critics of some saying, oh, I remember this from when I was a kid or from when I was much younger in my younger years. Hell. It's not like these shitty new Bruckheimer films mm. and, your, and your things. It's like, no, it's worse. And also, mm. it's that classic... Hollywood joking itself off thing. It's, Fucking fifties.
2: It's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of latter day oh reviews. God, mm. There's very few contemporary from what I can see. Funnily enough. And, mm. uh, yeah. No. Um, although nope. Luke Y. Thompson of the New York Times okay. gives it the review of uh, one out of five, less a sequel than a really crappy remake. Mm. <laughs> Which, fair. That is yeah. There's assessment. that famous
0: quote from John Carpenter that's like, it's so much better than the original. It's got more stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> what? John, what the fuck are you talking about? Stuff. It's like the first one, but with extra things. Stuff and things. Yep. In a way it is, John. In one way, yes it is. Yeah. In another way, fuck you. It's, I
1: imagine, the same way you could get kissed. Or, bear with me here, you could get punched in the face. <laughs> it's both physical contact. Yeah. One's a bit more intense than the as, other. As a...
0: Interacts with your face from from people. Yeah, skin on skin. It's more mm. more of it in the other one. Yeah, it's le- less enjoyable area. for some reason.
2: Yeah, or unless you're into that, more enjoyable. Anyway, now Jack, let me tell you of a film <laughs> where Dexter.
0: Can we but, get the? I was going to say Kurt Kurt Russell, the now. Is maybe. an
2: underachieving college student who is involved in an electrical accident with a computer. What was this, like 1925. <laughs> <laughs> the mishap leaves him with the com- complete recall of the computer database. Professor Quigley tests Dexter and proclaims yes! him to be gifted. And Dean Higgins is a, a sceptical scholar... I'm changing my name legally to Jack Quigley. <laughs> ...who is eventually convinced of Dexter's ability. Gangster A.J. Arno, played mm. by... Joker from Batman 66, Cesar Romero. Wow! Uh, He's a good fucking actor. He was uh, good in uh, I've Avengers only ever 11. seen him in...
0: Oh, yes! He's in 11. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, ...discovers Dexter has a knowledge of his crime syndicate books and tries to silence the student. Dean Collingswood is the jealous rival this who tries to steal amazing. Dexter for his own college in this amusing family comedy from Walt Disney Studios. Is he like a
0: little autistic kid that memorises books and it's Kurt Some Russell? Some
2: fucking Mercury Rising. <laughs> Computer War tennis shoes? Exactly 50%. Oh, <laughs> boo. You so won. You won. Nailed, you won. It. nailed it. You were clean. Two out of one. across the board. Fucking hell. No, no, no. no, 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 no three yes. three he, for three? Three he for three. He clean
1: sweeped
0: it. Well, well, only a couple of percentages well, off for most well, of them. Yeah. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I know my Kurt Russell, despite the fact I very specifically earlier in the episode <laughs> said, I've barely seen any Kurt Russell films. <laughs> Get on it. Except uh, Bird and the Wire.
2: That's And Overboard. Oh, Overboard's fine. I don't have time for fine. <laughs> not all of us not all of us have no, to see Overboard. Some, some people Some people love
1: Overboard, like really love mm. it. They made a remake of Overboard recently with they Ferris, did. and it was not good.
2: <laughs> they gender swapped it. They did. Mm. Interesting
1: idea, but also not good film. <laughs> yes. I'm I'm fine, thanks. I'd like to see a romancing the stone remake with the oh. gender switch. Mm. Like a badass heroine Indiana Jones motherfucker. And this shrill
2: idiot man.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think who he'd cast.
2: Um, Kevin Hart. Al- fuck. Alicia Vikander basically doing Lara oh, Croft Tim again. Really, yeah, I thought, I thought that as well. Billy Eichner. Wow.
1: I'd like to see Tess Thompson. Oh! Tess Thompson and... Actually, fuck it, yeah. Tess Thompson and, and Chris Hemsworth. I know, <laughs> I know that Men in Black International
2: has proved that won't work. <laughs> but Thor Ragnarok proved but it yeah, would work. G-
0: yeah, I was going to say, they're good
2: in Ragnarok together. Uh, they have chemistry in uh, Ragnarok. So, yeah. You just get Taika Waititi to direct it.
1: He might do an interesting Rancing the mm-hmm. Stone remake. Well, and well, he's try, right, well, try And get
2: rid of some of the colonialism. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's good at doing that. He's, he is. Yeah,
3: yeah, he is yeah, yeah, fair.
2: yeah, Anyway. So we're going to do great. How are we going to fix this, Tim? With... With... Gusto. Some difficulty, but with also gusto. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. Difficulty and gusto. Mm. Yes. It. The Tim Matum way. The Tim the Tim Matum guarantee. <laughs> It'll be difficult, but I'll put a lot of effort in. <laughs> You'll walk away, but barely. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is this having
0: sex with Tim or uh I'm not at liberty to say. Uh, I've, yeah. I've signed an NTA. Yeah, <laughs> I- <laughs>
2: Um, Haven't we all? <laughs> so, yeah. So, I um, I decided to go quite radical I'm with f- Super radical, you dude. You did. I did. Um, I booted John Carpenter mm-hmm. as both director and composer. He did.
0: The composer bit is the bit I'm more worried about. It's the bolder choice, in my opinion. I don't think so. In terms of, like... Just, just off the bat, like not knowing anything else about this film, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, maybe keep, like keep the keep the score. On you can still something. keep the theme,
1: yes, but different composer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting.
2: There's a lot to unpack here. Tim. There's, yes, there's a lot. Strap yourselves in, mm-hmm. listeners. So my film <coughs> is called Escape from Liberty. And Fucking it, love the title. First I do thing, too. I really love do. it.
0: Works really well It's the
2: like American satire kind of thing. Yeah, that's Great. good.
0: Off to a good start.
2: Uh, and it comes out in the year. Ready. 2018. Fuck me. <laughs> I'm so surprised uh, by Me this. too. Me too. I'm taking advantage of that, uh, the Kurt resonance. <laughs> sure, no, I, mean, I, you know, I, I can see why, and also
1: I can see that Carpenter would be like, oh, how do you not do it with Carpenter? It's like, because Carpenter
2: doesn't do really films right now. It's like, yeah. oh, it makes sense. I, I will, when, yeah. when, we, when we get to discussing some issues, I almost put this as 2021 <laughs> and had it be a future film. <laughs> I had never occurred to me that That's you a good would shout. not only set
0: a film <clears throat> in the future, but sequelize a film to release it in the future for very specific reasons that I, will, that
2: I will that I will get into see, when we talk. What anniversary of like years kind of thing? Nothing like that, but shit. Sure. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll come to that. because oh, so, um, John
0: Carpenter will die between now and then.
2: Oh, hey, so yeah. actually, we we might touch on it now because uh, so I for directing I have gone for Ben Wheatley. I am
1: fascinated me by too journey.
2: me too because
1: okay dick sucking moment so i've met ben wheatley mm-hmm. um i've hosted a q a with ben wheatley he's a really fucking nice guy we had mm-hmm. some really nice conversations um he <laughs> we were saying about how he was working on free fire and um he met martin scorsese and he was like talking to him and then stopped mm-hmm. and sort of out of himself moment mm-hmm. you're martin scorsese you made all these amazing films and you knew a Kurosawa, man, mm. Jesus, and I'm like in the chair next to him, saying, "You're Ben Wheatley, yeah. <laughs> and you know Martin Scorsese and stuff." And I'm I'm having the exact same moment as, a, mm. as an independent filmmaker in the other room. It's mm. it's it's the next line as it were. It's, mm. it's just how it is. But he's a really nice guy, um, and I think his films are fucking fantastic. I mm-hmm. think he's a genuinely good, good, good shout. However, mm-hmm. the more we get into the pitch.
0: The more I'm like, huh. well, I'm not saying I, I want to mm. save this all for after the pitch, the discussion of all this kind of stuff because mm. I think the listeners need to know the pitch fair before we get to this shit. Because sure. I I am ready to discuss this direct okay. choice, yes. all day long. So, <laughs> me too, me too. but I think, I I think in a preview of it, yeah, the listeners yeah. need the context. So I agree, like, yeah. fair yeah. enough.
2: Yeah. So, composer. Yep. And again, I think definitely we would keep the theme, but oh, yeah, we would yeah, yeah. we would do some reimagining of it. Daft Punk. Uh, <laughs> Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Well, classically Matthew's f-
1: very much against it. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, no. The other thing. I am I'm am
2: standing that hard. Yep. Um I just thought like <clears throat> who does Paranoid and Synthie <laughs> extremely well? Yeah. And, uh, yeah <laughs> no I, I i i get a great shout and i and i think probably i could imagine trent reznor having some affection for the original
1: yeah i wouldn't be surprised mm. it would, um, not, would not shock me it, he's he had an interesting comment we work in the social network about um he was asked by fincher to do a rendition of hall of the mountain king and said there's not much you can really do with it but mm. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Mm. And what they do with it is is great, and it's yeah. just nice little. It's very, very reminiscent of a very specific style, but mm. yeah, works. And th- mm. I, again, I think it's a very interesting, interesting take. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yep. intrigued.
1: Returning
0: cast:
2: Kurt Russell as Snake Pliskin. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ! He had us on baited breath for a second there. Take. Jason yes. Momoa, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> of course, we have Jason Kurt name. Russell um, back as Snake Pliskin. We could not not have Kurt Russell. At one, one point skin. it was going to
1: be Jared Butler. I not never. in your in your sorry. Mm. But in in a, a remake it was going to be Jared Butler in the sort of era of 300
0: and stuff and I was mm. like
1: I can get it but also no. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Do not. No, so
0: we're we're in a good a place. 1000 times less cool than Kurt Russell.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that's the only returning cast member. <laughs> okay, As, okay. Especially <laughs> if you look at the cast of Escape from New York and look at 2018, <laughs> uh, a lot of them are not alive anymore. No. <laughs> but if you know about 2018 that don't stop people. Right, fair. Um but also I don't think there's anything there's there's no like we were saying earlier, like there's no characters that you would be like, Oh, you gotta bring back Cabby. Well we mentioned this to me, the right. idea that as much as people go, Oh yeah, fucking Leave Ann was mm. great in that.
1: But they're not so intrinsically iconic to the story or it most of them die by the fucking end of it anyway. Yeah. So it's like Can-
0: Cabby's the one that sticks out to me. It's like, mm. Oh, he's the other
1: character I really kinda remember. Mm. Dead. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pay's dead. Yep. Stanton Stanton's still alive Yeah Harrington hmm. Stanton's Just still Is about, he? I hope Yeah, yeah. Bobbo's alive yeah. <sighs> Pleasance is dead for a Long yeah. time Lee yeah. Van Cleef is long dead
2: mm-hmm. Carry on We are not listen to dead people <laughs> Okay uh, So Newcast Okay And again a lot... Are they Are they all alive? They're all alive. Okay. At this point in at time. At this point As of, in time, as of 2018. Barring, barring any incidents between recording and publishing. Because um, we do sometimes do that. We, uh. And um, and again, some of these are quite small roles, but I would hope that they would have that same kind of presence <laughs> that a lot of the people in Escape from New York have, yeah. where it's, it's quite a small role, but you bring in this interesting actor and... They do great things with it. I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. So, playing the role of Curtis, we have Ron Perlman. Oh, here we go. So, as soon as I saw this,
0: I thought, is this another Heath Ledger situation where Ron Perlman is such a fucking amazing casting idea for that just you could slot actual real life Ron Perlman into the <laughs> escape from universe and be like yep that makes sense yeah, yeah and i wonder like if i had done this ron perlman would probably be in my film as well back kind like of, i'm on board mm-hmm. love love a bit of perlman yeah, yeah. it suits the tone
2: and the, the world so well mm-hmm. totally definitely uh plimpton is played by cameron britton who people probably best know if you've watched uh mind hunters or he Umbrella plays, Academy. There's right. the two he, I think Yeah, he plays from. the... I forget the name of the serial killer in it. Is John Wayne Gacy or something? Along no, no, no. It's, no, it's... Shit. It's the, the, the famous Nine serial killer Nine. they interview a lot. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the, the
0: huge guy with the moustache. Yes. yes.
2: And if you've seen Umbrella Academy, he plays either Hazel or cha I want to say Hazel. It's Hazel. It's yes. Hazel. Big guy. Um, good actor. Good actor. Uh, Yancey is played by Topher Grace.
1: I fucking hate Topher Grace.
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't hate Topher mm. Grace. I've just mm. not really
1: seen him in a lot of performances that I like him in.
2: Mm-hmm. It's Ed, new- Ed Kemper, by the way. Ah, so uh, yes, gonna, of course it is. It's, right. it's, it's right. going to bug me. Good news, he's very unlikable in this. So yeah. yeah, I mean, that, so that Topher Grace, to yeah, to yeah, That strengths. That is <laughs> why I p- p- picked him. I was hey, like, who's, who's <laughs> a smug <laughs> bastard? Oh, oh. Yep.
0: I never wanted to punch Eddie Brock in the face more
2: than Topher Grace. Uh, Turbine played by a Ben Wheatley frequent collaborator Michael Smiley oh, he's got to be I in everything go. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. love a bit of Michael mm-hmm. Smiley Smiley's fantastic I uh, love it when he goes weird and dark and dramatic and you're like
0: oh
1: yeah Michael Smiley's really fucking good yeah I yeah. remember trying to introduce him to a field in England
0: and said oh it's tyres yeah don't, don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I did when it's I saw not tyres from space it's tyres from terrifying space terrifying motherfucker fucking hell That's that's exactly the context I was thinking of. That's terrifying. The film from England was the first Ben Wheatley film I ever watched.
2: (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Little fact for you, fact fans. The reason his character is called Turbine is because turbine is to jets what tires are to bikes. Yes, Tim. (laughs) This is why we're friends. (laughs) I love you. There's a few names here. I've
0: been thinking to
1: myself. I wonder if this is a reference to something.
2: Yep. Okay. Good. Yep. Brilliant. Uh, Brother Junk. Is, Here we go. Is played by Mike Mizanin, aka The Miz. Mizanin, Mizanin. Sure. There we go. Okay. What
0: is it with you two and wrestlers?
1: <laughs> so says me. I don't know this wrestler.
0: Who this wrestler? Um, he was in the Real World. He's in the reality show, The Real World. Yeah. And then that was his launch into wrestling. That was his launch it? into the in public that, eye. Yeah. Shit. He has in the been. Early 2000s. He has been
2: in a bunch of like WWE title matches. Ma- oh. Mainly intercontinental type of matches. Uh, okay. I was going to say shitty action films. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, that too. Uh, so he has it's, his character is that he
0: is an A list actor. Yeah, that is his wrestling persona. Oh. is that he's an A lister? That was mm. the
1: sort of 80s WWF where it was kind like of. The kind of like, what's your personality? I got lots of money.
0: <laughs> it's a like, kind of okay. yeah, yeah. He has he now has his own reality show. Actually, his own reality co- show called. Miz and Mrs, which is him and his <laughs> oh, wife raising oh, their daughter.
2: No. Um, he's he's done some Christmas films where he plays a bounty hunter nope. from a family of bounty hunters. Nope. Uh, I, <laughs> I like the Miz. I think he... He's
0: he's one of the best promos in wrestling. Yes. Really? He's very yes.
2: charismatic, even though he's often playing this kind of... Dickhead. Dickhead, dude. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, see, my,
1: my wrestling he's knowledge He's a is, chicken shit heel is, and he's great at it. ...is, is, is very concrete until one point where it
2: becomes... Literally a fog of war, and I know yeah. nothing. <laughs>
0: you just fall off a cliff. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I would say, oh, I would say, all you need to do is Google a picture of him, and then you'd go. Oh, you okay. like, I, I, I don't perfectly worry. understand this I character, do. and the description you gave me is, is perfect. Yeah. I get it. Uh, then we have uh, Seraphina, played by Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox is an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay,
0: uh, so we're we're undoing the gross transphobia in casting and casting an interesting and yes. and. Fantastic trans actor. Mm. Yeah, I I approve. I approve. Mm. Coyote Benjamin, fucking great name. Right, that name's got to be like that's, fifty, that's 50 the, references. That's right, the best <laughs> name. You're full of references in your things, Tim. Uh, I love it already. Played by Wyatt Russell. No no clues for working out what Coyote, <laughs> what a coyote is. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I like Wyatt Russell. Uh, the the one that let's face it, people most people have seen one thing. It's Overlord. Mm. Uh, which also 2018, I want to say, yeah. Um and he's decent. Oh, also he he has a cameo in Escape from LA.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah, mm. we talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's also in a pretty good Black Mirror episode. Yeah. And yeah. the TV show uh, Lodge 49, which I've heard good oh, things okay. about. Lodge 49. Mm. He's decent. I mean, what? Well, let's not be
1: all. let's let mm. let's not. He's no Kurt Russell. <laughs> but he's good. Who is? He's dependable.
0: Apart from Jason Statham, of course. What is your problem, Jack? <laughs> Do you want to die?
2: So why is Cody But Is that a reference to things? Or is that spoilers? Uh, I, love, or? I will explain that okay, later okay, on. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then finally, um, although there are a couple of uh, cameos that I will mention um, later on. Lovely, uh, lovely. Uh, Magistrate Tusk. <laughs> Great name. Is played by Bradley Whitford. Yep. Oh, Whitford's always yep, good. Yeah, Always good. Yep.
0: So horrible scumbag corporate bad guy,
2: Bradley Whitford. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. Mm. Um, Just look at his face. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no so offense. let's let's we've got the casting down. Let's uh, start with the pitch. Open this can of madness. So the film opens with a text crawl in classic Escape from New York style. Oh yeah, you got to set the scene. In 2024, the, the global energy crisis saw wars erupt across Eastern Europe, the Middle East, and South America. Refugees in their millions fled to the United States, which was already racked by internal conflicts. Something I hadn't really considered
0: is we're already in the future from the previous one, so you've got to continue to be more in the future <laughs> yeah. for the sequel. Yeah. And the fact that you've done 2018, if you're keeping it in the timeline, <laughs> yep. it's got to be even further, <laughs> yep. and it's going to be mental <laughs> because... 2035. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Just saying that line is great. America has fractured, with vast areas given over to roving gangs who rob and pillage at their leisure. Citizens of the remaining United States toil and save, hoping for a place on one of the Liberty stations, floating cities where the wealthy live in luxury. But few can afford a ticket, instead of relying on the annual Liberty Lottery that promises an escape for a better life.
1: 27. said no. no. <laughs> 2532.
0: It's Star Trek now. It <laughs> just keeps going.
2: Every paragraph is just 15 yeah, years yeah. later.
1: It's it's basically boyhood.
3: Yeah.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, boyhood. Snakehood.
0: <laughs> the cobra's hood. Oh, Brilliant. Oh, oh. oh, it works on so many levels. Oh, oh. Snakehood. <laughs> Okay. Sign me up, <laughs> Richard Linklater's Snakehood. <laughs> right, we're swapping Ben Wheatley for Richard. Link. Bear with me here. We're going Linklater. It starts being filmed <laughs> in 1987. Yep. It finishes being filmed in 2018. And uh, Snake Skin becomes an actual it- snake, like in. Uh, <laughs> he sheds
1: his skin and Wyatt, the Wyatt, the bubbery, Wyatt Russell. Yeah.
0: Wyatt Russell crawls out. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Hmm.
1: <clears throat> We open on a shot of a wide, dusty plain, empty apart from a two-story, industrial-looking building. Outside, a neon sign that says beer and gas flickers on and off. A location caption reads, Black Stump, the Confederated Territories of Utavada. As in Utah. And Nevada. Vader.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lord Vader.
1: We see a large, armoured truck approach and pull up outside. A group of three armed men and their leader, Curtis, emerge with a prisoner who is bound
2: and hooded. They enter the bar, which is empty, apart from one elderly customer. The men sit at a table and discuss the upcoming Liberty Lottery, and their plan to head to Las Vegas to cash in their bounty. One heads to the bar, where the bartender is finishing up a conversation on a phone. He turns to take the order, and we realise it is Snake Plissken. Oh, shit.
1: Snake Plissken.
2: He provides the men with beer and they continue their conversation and then prepare to leave. As they exit, Curtis spots a leather jacket hung by the door and takes it. Snake tells him that it's his jacket and (laughs) Curtis responds by shooting Snake. The group exits, hooting and hollering, and drives off. So it's a bold choice to kill Snake off in the first minute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, Matt, Mm -hmm. back inside the bar we see the corpse of one Snake (laughs) flissing. credits roll 2077 <laughs> 2345 his great 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 grandson shows up. no back inside the bar snake sits up because he's a badass mm. and removes the bullet from his kevlar vest getting to his feet he retrieves a gun and a large knife from behind the bar he tosses his keys to the elderly customer telling him to lock up once he's done the customer asks what snake's going to do to which snake just responds I'm going to get my jacket back. Tim. God damn it, Tim! <laughs> so, there's no more lines for the rest of the film. In Snake style, he says seven words and that's all you fucking need. <laughs> yes. Get your fucking jacket back, Snake. <laughs> get the jacket, Snake. Or was a, a t-shirt. Get the jacket, Snake. <laughs> get Check the back. jacket, Snake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's such a strange sentence. You heard me. <laughs> okay. Aboard the Liberty Four floating city, we meet Plimpton. Um, <laughs> Plimpton, a mid-level satisfaction node.
2: Tim, you've put this in inverted vertical satisfaction node. It's basically it's like a like a kind of uh, customer satisfaction Ooh. sales assistant. Right, takes right, complaints right, right. from people, kind of thing. Takes shit from customer everybody. Service to. bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The face of, let's face it, underpaid and underappreciated America, and let's face mm-hmm. the world in general. Got it. Now I understand. We watch his day as he deals with complaints from the city's wealthy residents and increasingly frustrating demands from his obnoxious superior, Yancey. At the end of his day, we follow him back to his quarters, where it becomes clear Plimpton is unstable and plotting some kind of revenge on the inhabitants of Liberty 4.
2: Riding a motorcycle, Snake arrives in Las Vegas, which has retained some of its traditional glitz despite the chaos that reigns. Snake encounters a group of tourists... A street performer and a gambler before making his way to Sars Ace, a casino mentioned by Curtis at his bar. That is Caesar's Palace, where a bunch of the letters have fallen off. Yeah, Yep. 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 Uh, also, at this point, we would have a cameo. One of the people that he would encounter would be Hideo Kajima. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Shitting okay. out. Him. All right. um, tracking them down, he kills Curtis and his three friends and takes back his jacket. Whew. Perlman's gone. Perlman's gone. He's dead. The fight is good. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> it's a good just right an accuracy. They fight, it is good. <laughs> um, after checking out how much their prisoner's bounty is worth, he ends up freeing the man and then heads out to his bike, but he is quickly detained by an unmanned police drone. On Liberty Four, Plimpton visits a hydroponic garden and talks to
0: Turbine, an eccentric biologist who claims to have engineered a virus designed to kill off the remaining surface dwellers. Those on the surface do not have access to the expensive vaccines available to Liberty residents, and so are vulnerable to this superbug. When Turbine says something that reminds Plimpton of an earlier conversation with Yancey, Plimpton kills him. His initial panic gives way to a manic glee, and he takes a sample of the virus with him as he leaves.
1: The drone processes Snake's identity and realises he is wanted for multiple serious crimes, and as such needs to be taken to one of the Liberty stations for trial. Snake is transported to a waiting area at the top of the Stratosphere Tower where he meets a number of other criminals awaiting trial, including the brash Brother Junk and the laconic Serafina. Brother Junk tries to intimidate Snake but is called off by the gang's leader Coyote Benjamin. God,
0: these names are the best, Tim. (laughs) So (laughs) good.
1: Snake sits down next to Coyote and says Your mother said you were in trouble. Ah. Which I thought might have been a momentary because it sounds really stupid. (laughs) I read the pitch before I read the cast. Oh, interesting. I just thought he was taking the piss. <laughs> so, what'd you say to me? <laughs> Your mother's in trouble. <laughs>
2: Why is that? I fucked
1: her sideways.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, in a way.
2: I mean, yeah. Sorry. Carry on. So, yes, we should clarify. Uh, Coyote Benjamin is the son of Snake Pliskin. Yeah. Played by the son of Kurt Russell. Those two fuckers stand next to each other. It's very <laughs> you obvious. <can> tell. Yeah. <laughs> Snake, Coyote, and the other criminals are transported to Liberty 4, where they are processed and jailed, ready for their trial. Once again, Snake's jacket is taken from him. Bastards! (laughs) Coyote asks his father what he's doing here, and the two argue. Coyote and his crew are considered terrorists by the state, and have been trying to destroy the Liberty stations. Snake tells him trying to change the world is pointless, and he's better off just keeping his head down.
0: Oh, nihilistic Snake again. Classic Snake. Snake is taken for his trial which is being broadcast to the Liberty Stations and the surface. His defense attorney has been replaced with a machine that asks him multiple choice questions to formulate a defense. I like that bit of world building. Yeah, that yeah, that's good. a really cool, that's a very like... <laughs> the is yeah. fucked up, yeah, satirical, gross. Mm-hmm. The system is mm-hmm. wrong. And the jurors seem to be treating the trial as if it's like a reality TV show. Hence where we have the Miz there, I guess. Because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's used to reality TV, right? <laughs> Snake is questioned by Magistrate Tusk the Station's security overseer, but remains terse. No shit. He's <laughs> Snake Plitzkin. Uh. He is quickly found guilty on all counts for his dozens of outstanding crimes and sentenced to death by being dropped from Liberty 4.
1: In his tiny apartment, Plimpton records a video message detailing his largely incomprehensible manifesto. He reveals that the case he stole from Turbine's lab contains the virus and he threatens to release it into the station's air system having modified it to attack the residents of Liberty 4 rather than the surface dwellers. Meanwhile, as Snake awaits his execution, he and Coyote once again argue. Coyote demands to know why Snake is here, now after years off the grid. Snake replies that he was mostly just trying to get his jacket back. God, he's
0: so cool.
2: (laughs) God, he's cool.
0: The fact that I'm saying that for your script, Tim, is (laughs) a huge compliment. Keep it in your pants, (laughs) Jack.
2: If you can... As Snake is led away to be ejected from the station, Plimpton broadcasts his message and as panic begins to spread, Snake takes advantage of it to evade his guards and makes his way back to the jail. Coyote and his crew are astonished when Snake shows up again to reclaim his jacket and, with a weary sigh, open up their cells. (laughs) Snake tells Coyote he shouldn't get used to people bailing him out, to which Coyote replies he knows this was a one-time deal. So I'd quite like one of the random... cells. I'd quite like the Hideo Kojima
0: line to be here. And he does the thing from Metal Gear 5 where he just gets his glasses back and... What took you so long, Snake? And that, that's, all, that's all you need. A line written by Hideo Kojima. <laughs> oh, Hideo Kojima. Ugh, oh, Coyote and his crew head to the city's armoury and then attempt to storm the station's controls, where Magistrate Tusk is attempting to maintain order. Between the crew's attack and Plimpton's threat... Chaos is descending upon the station, with rioting and looting breaking out. Snake makes his way through all of this, looking for a way off the station. At one of the shuttle bays, he stumbles across Plimpton, who is beating Yancey to death, ahead of launching the virus and fleeing the station. Snake unceremoniously shoots Plimpton dead and heads towards one of the shuttles, but then glances back towards the virus case that Plimpton was carrying.
1: At the city's hub, Coyote and his crew are pinned down in a firefight with the station's security forces. Despite having commanded a powered mech suit. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't
2: expecting that delivery. That's, uh, and then that, I remembered who was reading it. That's the, sound, that's the sound of Matt ejaculating. <laughs> mech suit. <laughs> i just reading the script and
1: I've noticed that Russell's here. There's
3: a mech
0: sound.
1: Okay, so there's a mech. Which is now being piloted by Serafina. The group is struggling to make any progress and start taking casualties. Suddenly, Snake appears on the station's various viewscreens and announces that he has triggered Pl- Plimpton's virus bomb and all the residents in Liberty 4 will soon be dead. The
2: already panicked citizens break into full-blown anarchy, fleeing the station on all available shuttles. Amid the chaos, the security forces largely abandon their fight with Coyote's crew, leaving just a few hardened members led by Magistrate Tusk. The tide turns and the crew push through into the station's control centre. Snake, having returned to fight, unites with Coyote and the two head towards Liberty 4's navigational controls. Coyote asks how Snake was sure the virus wouldn't affect them. Snake reveals that he never actually released it and safely stowed the case away so it couldn't be used. Again, classic Snake. Yep. Classic
0: Snake. Bless on the navigation deck, Snake and Coyote face off against Magistrate Tusk, who is piloting one of the mech suits. Sorry, one of the... MECH SUITS! <laughs> MECH SUITS!
1: We need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Your Can face it? is mech Can it have a mech suit? <laughs> yeah.
0: The two evade his attacks and manage to immobilise him, but Snake is heavily wounded. Pinned down by machine gun fire, Coyote attempts to tend to his father's wounds as Snake starts to chuckle. 'Cause he's a badass. And that says that in that script. <laughs> Coyote asks why he's laughing, and Snake replies, I made one more dumb decision. I let your mother know we were here.
1: At this, high powered machine gun fire bursts through the large observation window and Coyote peeks above his cover to see a futuristic jet bearing down on the navigation deck. I hope the jet morphs into a mech. <laughs> 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 <Da-na-na-na-na>. <laughs> Magistrate Tusk bellows and directs his weapon system at the jet, but a missile bearing an eye patch, smiley face tears into his armor and explodes.
3: Oh, God, oh, this is the
1: best. The jet crash lands into the deck and Coyote's mother, motherfucking Goldie, Goldie Horn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those who not know... Family fucking <laughs> reunion! Kurt Russell is, and or was, I don't know if he still is, married to Goldie Hawn, and is in fact White Russell's mother in real life. It emerges from the cockpit, wearily shaking her head at Snake and Coyote. The three reunite and start bickering, with Snake
2: claiming that he had everything under control. Coyote limps away from the developing argument, and the scene dissolves to Las Vegas sometime later. The huge Liberty 4 station is docked with the Stratosphere Tower, and we see some of the people Snake encountered earlier being welcomed aboard as the surface dwellers take over the Flying City. Coyote, sat in the captain's chair in the rebuilt navigation deck, turns to his parents and asks where they should head next. His mother replies that they've pretty much filled up all the space they had, to which Snake says, Yeah, I had an idea about that. We cut to the navigation deck of the
0: Liberty 6 station, bustling with life crewman approaches the city's administrator and informs him that something huge has appeared on the long-range scanners, almost the size of Liberty 6. The station hails the unknown presence, asking them to identify themselves, as we see Liberty 4 ascend through a cloud bank, now covered in graffiti and flying a skull and crossbones <laughs> flag. A voice crackles back across the airwaves. Call me Snake. It's oh, him. Tim. him. <laughs> Tim.
1: So... Tim sent us a message uh, before we recorded, no, record, during the writing stage, and you said, and I remember the words, I have gone buck wild. With this. <laughs> buck wild was the exact phrase. And to be fair, every time you think to yourself, what could a, a, a Escape from New York sequel be? The answer so, is anything because what we got was the same film again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it also, can be
0: a Russell family reunion. That's what it <laughs> yeah. can be.
1: It's it's a very it's a very weird one because it, put it this way. Some audience members listening now might go, "Oh, I'm not sure about that." And it's like, well, yeah, because you don't have anything to go by. There's no, there's no precedent. Mm. There's nothing you can say. Well, what's a good sequel? So, there isn't one. We have to literally start from the ground up. And I like the idea that you kind of just. Mad Max the fuck out of it yeah. in a weird way it's like just just take the, the logical conclusion At this, in Mad Max 1 as in the original Mad Max mm. it's just a case of like people are a bit crazy out there
3: mm.
1: why is that <laughs> oh there's a gang oh, cool and why, why else they're after petrol petrol's quite a thing <laughs> the gasoline that makes them mad right 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 okay well what's unusual about them it's crime <laughs> Second film. It's just we planet. live in a dystopian society, and I live in a thing that used to be an oil distillery factory. It's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that gang of kinky bastards is going to take my gasoline, it's like, and I fly a plane. Like, what the fuck is this? A gyrocopter, sorry. Um, yes, please, gyrocopter. It, 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 it so quickly devolves, and then it's you know eventually this enormous tidal uh, sorry uh, waterfall that it's uh, one. Ridiculous looking man is holding and is his freaky harem of people. And it's like, yeah, if you took literally just Mad <laughs> Max one and Fury Road <laughs> with nothing in between, that kind of feels where like you've gone with a <laughs> little, little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can see that. So he's like, because it does say that. it's it's so it's so over the top, so extra, but it, it makes sense in mm-hmm. a way. I mean, obviously, I have issues and things, I'm like, I'm there, but. No,
0: it's, yeah, it it, it it fits in a very strange way that yep. it shouldn't. Because you can do what the fuck you like, and you've, you, I think most importantly, and this is obvious, but you stay true to Snake Plissken. Yeah. I think that's the key yeah. for any Escape From film. And in the Escape From L.A.'s defence, as you said, Matt, he kind of gets off pretty, pretty, pretty he gets off. <laughs> he gets off.
2: <laughs> no, you're right, he does. He, he gets a pretty yeah. pretty scrape free as it were, mm-hmm. but, but they like, they do have it easy because they put him through the exact same plot, and so he reacts to everything yeah. in the exact yeah. same
1: way. He, he's a rat in a maze. And he's like, I know this maze. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Sit in the front seat; I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. that's how fire works, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's break down some stuff because Jack. Jack and I are gonna talk at each other and then slowly turn our (laughs) our heated breath at you. The way Um, we
0: record listeners is uh, I'm sat next to Tim on one sofa and Matt is sat across the room, like to Tim's right. Across the room. (laughs) Across the (laughs) room just yell at each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Tim is effectively between me and Matt. Mm -hmm. So while Matt and I are having this shouting conversation, Bear in mind, there's a poor little Tim matum in the middle there being abused. We are literally... Jack and I are
1: making constant eye contact with each other and as we slowly turn <laughs> to our respective left and right, we're looking straight at Tim. You have to have one lazy <laughs> eye that
0: looks at Matt and yeah. one that looks yeah. at me. So, let's talk directors. That's the mm-hmm. big thing for me. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I want to dive straight in. I love Wheatley.
1: I, and this is the worst part. I love Wheatley and I don't know if my alternative suggestions mm-hmm. are in any way better suited Mm. based on the project but i get the feeling wheatley might he's definitely right for the character he's definitely right for a lot of the 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 independently aspects i think he's a Mm. he's a very good choice um but then if you see things like high rise for example Mm. which is i think probably the the closest a a bit of a sprawling Mm. because i mean free Fire is his most mainstream i guess Mm. but equally it's also it's it's very contained. Do I think yeah, in terms I mean, of like action stuff? I thought Kill
2: List as well was kind of a Kill List is interesting. Yeah, game. yeah. The, the the some of the thinking that I had behind this is mm. because with the with the Liberty Four station, I don't want it to feel. I want it to feel like a natural extension of the future that we saw in Escape from New York. Of course, so it's not gonna it's not gonna look like a fucking like. Like, if we think of what a luxury space station would look like now, it would be like walking into an Apple store kind of thing. Oh, Whereas have this... you seen
1: Passengers? Yeah. With the...
2: Uh, <laughs> yes. Jennifer Lawrence and exactly. That's exactly one thing. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, big yeah. shopping mall in the sky. It's yeah. not going to look like that. Yeah. The thing I always have is kind of go for the high-rise aesthetic. That's what I figured you were um, going for. Yeah. And, and I kind of pictured this film in a lot of ways as being this weird mashup between high-rise and Free Fire. Yeah, that makes... In that... terms of, like, tone and... Mm. In some ways, in terms of look as well,
1: yeah. And I can completely understand why you would have done that. Mm. And again, I still think he's an interesting choice. Um, it's, again, it's not necessarily that he's the, a, a bad or wrong choice. Um, I just think because of the scale in question, I think that's. I think, I think that's a legitimate. He, it's not that he couldn't do it. Mm. I think he's better suited to other
2: projects personally,
1: mm. but I wouldn't say no to a Ben Wheatley escape from
2: film. I yeah. think I think it's a very good shout. I mean, I forget what his next film is, but it's. It's what lined up. Yeah, it's something franchisey, I believe. It is. It's is just it the a, next a, a uh, Tomb least. Raider or something like that?
1: I I think it might be, and I'm still. I, oh no, sorry. He's announced to do the next Tomb Raider, I think, and yeah. I'm still like very unsure what that actually means at this stage.
2: Yeah, so I think it will be interesting because I think it is that kind of thing of like, can he make this transition to? A bigger film. This would obviously be the biggest film that he would.
1: I mean, everyone gets there. there's always this whole thing of like, oh, you can't do that. It's like, mm. well, why not? Until you do it, it's always a first time. For mm. Yeah. And there's no reason to think he can't physically do it. So mm. I don't understand why it would be impossible. Mm. It's just interesting. The uh also there'd be no stakes because no one would care. Yeah. As <laughs> much I hate to say that, it's mm. like what thirty plus years after the original, mm. no one's going to go. But this is a a sacrosanct property. You can't mm. touch that. So, no, it's an old yeah. cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. They gave it to Vinil, Villeneuve to um, uh, to go Blade Runner and stuff like that. It, it makes mm. sense. You, you know,
2: the so the other thought when I talked about having making the film in twenty twenty one was change director and yeah. have it be done by Mr. Bong Jun Ho. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, given that he has already made. For example, the host. Snowpiercer. Yeah, Snowpiercer.
1: Yeah, that make, those two are very, very solid. Because mm. you've got big sprawling action, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you've got the, you've got the, the, the class
0: divide of things like that with Snowpiercer. Mm. Again, it's an interesting choice. very interesting choice. I had two mm. other suggestions <clears throat> that are back in the old Jack Chambers wheelhouse of, ah, mm. oh, they make uh, introspective, interesting sci-fi films. Frank Stallone. Frank. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, everybody's favourite rhythm guitarist.
0: <laughs> Frank's, Everyone knows rhythm guitarists are perfect. Oh, fucking Franks to the card. I wasn't ex- well done, Matt. I wasn't expecting that. Ah, sucker punch but, you. Yeah, you really did. Speaking of sucker punch, Zack Snyder would be...
3: <laughs>
0: get can, out. Can, <laughs> Zack the way off. Oh my God. He
1: uh, has to be hench as fuck. Played by Jason
0: Momoa. Oh. oh, I hate it so much. He'd have loads of unnecessary tattoos and end every sentence with Bro. Oh, God. Ugh. On the other end of the spectrum, mm. uh, a, a guy I've mentioned a few times on the show already, yeah. films of his we've mentioned on this show already, mm. Alex Garland mm. would be a big pick for me. It's the same year as Annihilation, and I don't <laughs> want to fuck with Annihilation, because mm. Annihilation's great. Yeah, But I think he could do this really well. I think you could nail that tone, the, the, the serious side, <laughs> yeah. the satirical side, the political commentary... Mm-hmm the amazing sci-fi side of it and the the mm. flying stations I, and all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only issue I'd have with Carland is like... You I, leave Carland alone, Tim. <laughs> I think this wouldn't be cerebral enough for him. That's what I was going to say. And he I think, fair I enough, yeah, I yeah. He's,
1: yeah. He's like, I've done it with Dread and mm. I now mm. want to do more... And this It's kind of like with Weekly, I think mm. he would want to do... And again, we're very much presuming he might just mm. say, yeah, fuck I'd love to do that. <laughs> yeah. But the idea... Escape think, from? Mm, Sign me up. Yeah, <laughs> I think he would want something much more... How can I put it? Yeah, much more introspective, much more mm. um, complex and much more, I think, whittled down mm. because yeah, this yeah, is a very sure big, lot of big mm. action he beats and I think he definitely does big action he beats but they wouldn't be to what I think he'd be going for. I think, again, if he, Cause if he was just following up straight after Dread, mm. yeah, feasibly. Yeah.
0: yeah. I feel like Wheatley and Garland have that in in... Not necessarily in sync with each other, but in well, they simil- have that similar British of, '70s sci-fi. Yeah, kind yeah, of very thing. much so. They're kind of like you said, mm-hmm. they whittle things down and make small or make small stories feel big and big stories feel small in, yeah. in yeah. positive mm-hmm. ways, and can make you believe in these characters in these grand epic yeah. scales, yeah. and then. I mean, using dreadnoughts as mm. as an example, you have the entire fucking sprawling mega city. One thing he sets it in a building. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. And you get the whole thing, and it's the high rise kind of thing. Similar again, it, mm. that is one structure, one building, and you mm. kind of could translate that into the Liberty Falling. But mm. I, I totally see what you mean. It could work easily. The other obvious kind of modern sci fi director choice that is clearly influenced by one of his films not I'm saying your influence but mm. my choice is influenced mm. by one of his sure, films sure. Th- that parallels this mm. I don't know Matt you had it in your notes as well mm. Neil Blomkamp mm. Mm. Elysium is the obvious comparison there with the you know yeah. the rich, yeah. people, rich people yeah. in the sky the poor surface dwellers and stuff um, yeah I did you'd actually have to, you'd have to shove Shalto in there somewhere because <laughs> you would have to because it's Blomkamp well,
2: you'd, you'd replace Michael Sp- Smiley with um, uh, actually, of course you would I don't know
0: I'd
1: say you actually replace uh, Topher Grace with a shot copy oh, being oh, really yeah. obnoxious a dickhead shot of, yeah, yeah yeah
2: I, I did actually um, I own Elysium but have never got around to watching oh, it I love but it. I, it's I pretty good. read through the Wikipedia thing <laughs> because I was like oh shit I know that there's sk- Sky Cities and Class Divide in that and I just need to make sure that I'm you not know, doing the same, the same film yeah yeah that makes sense um, which yeah, I was like, okay, no, there's, you're, there's you're significant plen- plenty far enough from yeah yeah. yeah.
0: That's the I, I really really like Elysium more than most people, and I don't really know why. Hmm. But um, yeah, that was definitely the thing that kind of sprung to mind when yeah. I first read your pitch. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's the that's the you know the the obvious
2: it's, ja- I mean, Jack reference point there for sure, me. Sure, sure. I mean, it's a it's a common enough like sci-fi trope of like there's a big city in the sky, but like Elysium is definitely like. One of the notable films that has done it. But and, and recently, especially with the sci fi kind good. of good yeah. as well, because Blomkamp's yeah. a I mean, good you director. Could,
0: you could even use like Bioshock Infinite as an example of that, yeah. so where that's you've got, very like, true. The and in the sky and all that like, kind
2: of stuff. That was a kind of, because I know in Elysium they're kind of more in space, aren't they? Whereas, it is, especially you have to get to the yeah.
1: shuttle. It's, it's not possible that you'd be like a city floating in the sky. Yeah, this, the this is much
2: more, this is almost like a um, helicarrier. From like yeah, the right. MCU yeah, kind yeah. of vibe yeah. where it's capable of like moving around in atmosphere. Yeah. Um, Before I get to my
1: potential directors and things I was mm. thinking, uh, I'm going to... Uh, ha, ha, have you seen... And I don't mean... No, no, fuck it. Let's do it. Have you seen either the anime or the animated film or the Robert Rodriguez film Elite Battle Angel? No. Okay. I've seen the anime, not the film. Anime's great. is mm. great. The uh, uh film's not film start. Film. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um it's See, a I've lot heard it...
2: the, I've heard the film is like not
1: great, but fine. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there. The mm-hmm. fact that all the sets are real mm. and you're like, Wait, you didn't CGI? It's like no, I, I built the
0: sets. Like, we That's spent all the freak. CGI bonnet budget on a giant fucking anime head. <laughs> yeah. For some stupid fucking it's like, reason. Because
1: she looks in the comics. like, yeah, she does, but no one else does in this universe. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Anyway, lots of interesting shit. Most of it's not good. But it's about trying to get into a city in the sky via a lottery and stuff. And there's lots of other bits and pieces mm. about it. she's from there maybe and all those things. It's, mm. but, it's, but it's so unseen and unknowable that mm. you're like, ah. Whereas, so I had a little bit of a parallel when I was reading the script, mm. like, oh, I wonder if it's like that. Mm. Didn't realize when you said like flying multiple cities, mm. like, oh no, it's Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> it's the Balam Gardens. It's the school. Oh yeah, of, like Shit. flying schools into other schools. <laughs> yeah, Where yeah. Like, you just go around like, pirates and, Sp- and the, it's like Sky Pirates. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm. It's so yeah. wacky and ridiculous. I'm like, mm. fuck it, that's cool. Um, you'd think George Miller would be a suggestion for me. <laughs> mm. It's not. I've got some very odd suggestions because bring, a, bring them on.
0: I'm getting my Google's ready for people I've never heard of.
1: <laughs> you are right to do so. <laughs> Uh, because technically, all the things I've said about Wheatley and Garland and stuff could easily be
2: said about mm. oh, these obscure British dudes in their forties. <laughs> uh, <40s-ish. laughs> no, it's going to be a bunch of like some Americans. Okay, yeah. okay.
1: S. Craig Zahler, who directed Bone Tomahawk. Oh, I like Bone Tomahawk. Brawl Sol- Bl- Bl- on Sol- Cell Bl- Ninety Nine and Dragged Across Concrete. Okay, he's the kind of guy who does. Big sprawling car stuff. But he's, he's mm. a bit carpentry in a way. Mm. And I know people like spitting on the floor when I say that. Because he's operating very much under the radar, creating really, really interesting films. He's worked with Kurt Russell um, on <laughs> Bone Tom And yeah, some really interesting, brutal, gritty stuff. Mm-hmm. That is, when you're watching, I you think, oh, it's enjoyable. I'm enjoying it. Wait, this is actually quite big. I, for the small independent mm. film that's cost x amount of million dollars it's, mm. it's like this is actually i mean for example get like, bone tomahawk is one of his very mm. early films the one that people sort of get introduced to and it starts off with just like the um patrick wilson's wife is kidnapped and he gets the you know the sheriff to come along with him who is um uh kurt russell mm. and this other rich twat who's um matt oh, matty fox from yeah. fucking
0: lost And it's actually brilliant, Mm. and and some of the best mustaches you've ever seen in your life. You're you're damn right.
1: (laughs) But then you realise how holy shit, how how broad it is in terms of what it's doing, despite being just simple things. Mm. And then it comes this really horrifyingly dark horror film with people being. There's a moment I won't spoil too much, but there's a moment when Kurt Russell's trying to give the speech to this. individual, shall we say, this antagonistic person. Mm. And he's like saying, you goddamn bastards, we're gonna come back here. I mean, he's like, you know, giving this whole threatening thing. Mm. It's, it's like, you hang on, friend. It's okay. You a monster, you animal. And then this guy literally gets a bone tomahawk of like mm. a jawbone of a deer and just hacks this man in half like he's preparing a pig. And Kurt Russell's character just goes, because uh, he's never seen anything like that mm. and it's just monstrous. So, Again, it's a bit of a tangent there, but the mm. idea is that Zala's vision as mm. a director, I find fascinating. And I think mm. he could do something really interesting with that kind of sprawling budget. Mm. And again, because he would work with like the unusual. It's like, oh, what's his next film? Oh, it's based based in the moment, well, not based in the prison, but about an ex-con. Mm. Who's the ex-con? Vince Vaughn. Like, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. It's like,
0: and he's he's brilliant in it. It's 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 yeah, crazy. Mm. So that's is my. That the- Prison Block
2: 99 or whatever? Yeah, Bra- Brawl
1: and Cell Block 99. Brawl yeah. Cell Block 99. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then my other option is Reed Morano.
2: Ooh, interesting. Now,
1: I haven't seen the rhythm section just yet. Mm. I've heard it's not getting great reviews. Mm. I don't give a shit. Mostly for her work on... Handmaid's Tale mm. now I know it's a very contained thing because it's television and stuff yeah but she's there's jumping enough... from TV to film there yeah. It, yeah I mean she is jumping from TV she's done it now anyway mm. but because she does work on uh, films at the minute oh really okay yeah so it's it's not too unusual of a transition mm. but I think there's enough dystopian interesting things there I think again it's the same thing with the Garland Wheatley thing would there be enough there for her to come on board mm. but I think it would be interesting to see a Snake Plissken as directed by a woman, because yeah. as much as Snake yeah. Plissken is, oh, he's so fucking cool. Mm. He's not really the embodiment of toxic masculinity. He's not really toxic masculinity, mm. but he, he's no, still no. a shithead. Yeah, and nihilism more than again, he doesn't influence other men to be shit. It seems mm. at least not around him because he doesn't care about anybody else. And I like the dichotomy you put in your film about, or the parallel, I should say, between him and his son. Like he doesn't give a fuck about anything. His mm. transline is said, will sort of save the world." Mm. So I think I'd like to see a female perspective on it as a director. Mm. I think she'd be a very interesting mm. choice. And she's getting again from just from the trailers alone for like the rhythm section. Yeah. I think it's some sort of like it could be a very interesting erratic pace. A bit like a a a, a Paul Green Grassy kind of sort of thing yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um which could give a very interesting different flavor to a how a how a um an escape prom film could mm. look and feel yeah. without being because We don't want it to be just a resurgence of eighties tropes and that yeah, sort of looking yeah, yeah, of like course. dated already out the back. Mm. But we don't want it to be too modernised, it's unrecognizable as what this film could be. Mm. Yeah.
2: I think there's a there's a common theme running through all of the the choices that we have of wanting to retain some of that grittiness yes. and but also have a kind of uh an ambition and a scope. To yeah, it. We want, yeah, we want definitely. people of
1: actual quality, and also people of taste and calibre, mm. where they're good at what they're doing, but also they believe in what they're doing, mm. and they have something to say, and mm. that's a very important thing for us. And I think Carpenter very much was doing the same sort of thing, mm. um, except not in fucking sex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, c- I have one request. Go, go for it. C- can we change Plintum's name?
2: Yes, I mean that was that wasn't one of the names where I was like, I've put a lot of thought into this. I was like. I just, I just need it to sound like the kind of person who would.
1: It, it's onomatopoetically correct, like the yeah. Plimpton.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, that, that fits. Yeah. but it's too close to Bliskin.
0: Yes, that is a fair snake Plimpton. <laughs> Doesn't quite have the same no. kick-ass ring to it. No,
2: yeah. uh, a fair, a fair criticism. No, it's, not like it's yeah. more just a request mm-hmm. to, to alter. Call mm-hmm. me
0: Plimpton. Like, oh, oh yeah, that's, that's Ugh, just like that's a so badass side character in the office. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that's why that name works for that character. But yeah, true.
1: And it does. It does. It, he does feel a bit um...
0: like literally just call him like Klimpton or something. Klimpton. Like, <laughs> K- K- Seriously, just put a K in there instead of a P, and you you, you yeah, distance feasible, yourself from yeah. Pliskin enough that it's like yeah, Clipper. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I don't know why. Um,
1: he does remind me a little bit of the arguably the antagonist from. The Paul Feig Ghostbusters film. Um, Interesting. Whereby yeah. He's, he's the, just because of how he looks as well. Mm. Um, if he's the sort of
0: Cameron Britain's giant fucking six foot six or something ridiculous. Oh, he's ridiculous, much bigger. So he's but he's,
1: yeah, an inflated version, but he's still the 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 representation of uh, unhinged white guy living in cell mm. on his own kind yeah, of. Thing. Yeah. I mean, that's it's reflective of society. That's, that's yeah. a definite thing. Um, Director Todd
0: Phillips presents... <laughs> oh, fuck it <laughs> The tragic story of a white guy whose story has not been told. <laughs> also, Snake Pliskin is in there.
2: Escape from a society what we live in. <laughs> Escape from a fridge. <laughs> Escape uh,
1: from the SJWs. All oh, right, right, yeah. It's yours. Finally get back to sound. The good jokes, fuck right, everyone? You.
0: Hashtag fuck you, fuck Todd
1: Phillips. Phillips. A similar thing in a weird way uh, as a character, but mm. much more laughable was Jamie Foxx in The Amazes of Spider-Man 2. Oh, God. With, with the idea of, like, this, this guy who... Oh, so I'd appreciate it. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's not like... And it's not a criticism of that, oh. your script because I think he fits the... And I like oh. he gets an unceremonious death rather than, you know, upgraded to Chris Hemsworth's body. Yeah. And does a dance-off, in, in as in Ghostbusters. Um, but... um. Yeah, it's 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 the frustration without seeing it. It's hard to gauge, but I think it could definitely yeah, work. Yeah, and I
2: mm. I kind of wanted to keep the kind of um, Snake works a little bit kind of like a Mad Max figure in that he's even though the these films are about him. Oh no, he's just a passive. He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of just wandering around in this world. Well, yes. we, we um, joke about how many
0: few, how few lines he mm, has. In yeah. These. It's literally like 24 or something like that in the first one. Yeah. And yeah. Tom Hardy's max is probably equivalent, if not fewer. in <laughs> Infurio, Inferi- just, huh, yeah, there. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Pliskin is just great for, like, go away don't bother me, kid, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just like three or four words at a time. And that's, yeah, he works in that kind of like other interesting stories and characters kind of weave mm-hmm. in this nomadic lifestyle that he leads just tra- traveling around and yeah. being a fucking cool nihilist dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and so I kind of, I, I kind of wanted like all three of the kind of villainous characters who he deals with Kind of die a little bit unceremoniously, mm-hmm. yeah. and they you specifically mentioned that about yeah. Plimpton. So like, like yes, unceremoniously
0: like, shoots him. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you've got like Kurt, uh, Ron Perlman as Curtis, who you think like oh he stole his jacket. There's gonna be like the whole oh, thing. Fuck Ron Perlman. Uh, he's gonna be great. He's the yeah, bad guy. Throughout, and then it's like <laughs> yeah no he tracks him down. And he just shoots him and just cool like, fight. Like, but then it's good, over. Good fight. <laughs> then it's over. <laughs> yeah. And then like Plimpton, who is yeah this kind of figure who is, like... He feels the most antagonistic of the whole yeah, thing. And, Next and, to Tusk, and, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, and, True. Yeah. And has... Uh, he's kind of, like, you know, this, like, ah, ah finally they will all respect me. And it's like, mm. yeah, like, when he's doing his manifesto, it's like, w- wait, what is it exactly that you want? And I also want mm-hmm. there to be some ambiguity over whether he even actually, like, successfully engineered this virus or not. Oh, yeah. And, okay, like, yeah, the yeah. idea of, like, yes, now I've made it so it's going to target all of you. It's like... Really? Because you're just like an administrator guy, like yeah. Um,
0: he's taken it from the trained biologist and then
2: just done it himself, yeah. Yep. Um, in his bedroom. And so, yeah, he's very much just like, no, you're not. You you, you are not bred for like being a bioterrorist or whatever. You're yes. You yeah. know, you, you don't actually have it in you. You know, you're when you encounter someone like Snake, he's just going to shoot you. Yes. Um, and then Tusk is kind of. He's a little bit more, obviously, of a threat because we put him in a fucking mech suit. Um, yeah, mech suit. Uh, and I love the idea of having fucking Josh Lyman from the West Wing piloting a mech suit. <laughs> yeah. um, but equally, like, I kind of want his beef to be more with Coy- Coyote because he's like, no, you're the one who's actually tried to tear it down. I was going to
0: say, yeah, he's the more active player in this, yeah. isn't he?
2: Yeah. Um, and also, like, it's going to be very much like a... This guy sits behind a desk most of the time and it's like it's only when shit gets real he's like I guess I could pilot one of these things. Yeah. Um and yeah again kind of dies. I mean it's a pretty good death. That's oh, a good death. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but also like but it doesn't feel like shot the whole by Goldiehorn
1: yeah. from a future jet. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel like this is it. This is the the climax we've been waiting for the showdown. It's not showdown. it's not
2: super personal. No. It's not like you ah no you're the one I've been trying to get all this time. It's like, mm. no, you're just like another person who's trying to kill me, so I'm going to yeah. kill you. You're yeah, just yeah. another motherfucker in my way. Yeah. Yeah. I have one last question. Yes.
1: Um, It's it's a circumstance, unfortunately, and you can't really get around it in the plot. Not easily, anyway. So it's the idea, maybe it's more how it's sold at the start. Mm. Um, initiate had a problem with the whole, like, uh, snake having a family. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. Snake doesn't seem to care about anyone or anything. Mm. He doesn't seem to be driven by a libido either. So you mm. like, I don't know. But then, I'm fine with it. Fuck it. It works. Mm. The criminals, sorry, the police arrest the criminals mm-hmm. and they bring them to Liberty 4 for trial. But the Liberty is the place that they're getting the lottery ticket to, to go to like it's some sort of Not paradise, but Mm. better place certainly. So I suppose it's a bit like the idea that all the law is up
2: there, and therefore they trial them there. Mm. Or what's the a little bit like that, but also like it's kind of um, it's only if your crimes are bad enough that you get taken up there and you have a big showy trial to remind people what yeah yeah okay. okay, So it's it's more like you're going to be made an example of. We're going to take you up there. I do like that to just push them off the side. Yeah, Yeah, it's the most. It's the most efficient
1: use of an execution, and mm. also cheap and cost-effective. Like, how do we like? Oh, I just
0: push him. Yeah, and many wrestling fans want to see the Miz pushed off a giant floating <laughs> to his death. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, and it's and it's also it just shows how little they care about the surface now. They're just like yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, we're just like fucking.
0: It's our it off. disposal. You know, yeah. our <laughs> just waste paper bin. Like, you mean like the sea? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> mm.
2: No, I like it, Tim. Yeah, I like it. It's very me too. I, me too. Solid. When I when I was saying. Uh, I was going to go Buck Wild. There was a period where I was like, "Here we go." How can I have this film end up with Kurt Russell riding a dinosaur? Oh um, wow! Man, which we didn't quite get. I that thought point. you were going to
0: say, "How do we? How does it go to space?" But obviously, you got escape from <laughs> Mars already. Mm.
2: Dinosaur riding, mm. yeah. Dino Riders, the movie. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm glad you guys. Like yeah, it. I, uh, I look a... forward to hearing what everyone's thoughts are on Classically,
1: this. Classically, it's better than Escape from LA,
2: mm-hmm. so job done. Yep, I like it. Exactly. hmm So that just leaves us to say a big thank you to the fans. This is our season finale. Yes. Um, But unlike previous seasons, you will not have to wait long for us to be back, because we'll be back next week. Next fucking week. With some with some inter-season content. Yep. Uh... For about six weeks or so, I think five. five, five weeks, um, and then and then we'll be straight into season six. It's crazy. We we're have getting, this planned out. Yeah, we're getting shit done this year.
0: Listeners. Yeah, mm, Sh- we, Sh- we did tell real. it's weekly. Mm. Even between seasons, it's weekly. Yeah, yeah. we're
2: uh, putting the fucking effort <laughs> in.
1: This train don't stop.
0: <laughs>
2: um, but we should say that you know now is a perfect time if you have thoughts, questions, um to send them in mm. via social media. We are at Sequelizers on Twitter. Uh, we're also that on Instagram. Mm. We are facebook.com slash mm. Uh We appreciate all your questions and we will probably be doing some kind of listener feedback mm. session. You can also email us, mm. sequelizers at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, so we would appreciate all your thoughts and now is the perfect time to... Tell us what you think about this season, the new format, the mm-hmm. weekly format. Let us know. Discord as well. Yes. We forgot we to our... mention this. So we keep
1: forgetting to mention it, but yeah. we're on Discord. Mm-hmm. And if you want to a direct chat with us, sometimes mm-hmm. we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and other fellow Sequelizer fans mm-hmm. and things discuss our pitches and stuff. Yeah. Another place the, to go. The
2: link to that is on our Patreon page. Patreon page. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, do do people need to be Patreon members? No, they do not. It's no. public. It's posts. a public Discord, so yeah, we'll probably chuck the link up elsewhere as well, so yep. people can find yep. it. Um, yeah, we just chat about Everything. the show, films, and even more. Mm. Anime,
0: comics, video games. What films you've been watching? What books you've been reading? Just chatting to us. We haven't done any voice chat yet, but that's an option apparently. Yeah, so, I saw that. I yeah, was this yeah. Idea. Discord's interesting and cool and sure. new to me and Matt, so. It's, uh, yeah tim's a veteran
1: of course if you want to support the show in a different way because there's always liking sharing reviewing um that's genuinely really helpful for us but if you have some of that spare dollar dollar not uh not greenbacks of course bluebacks
0: (laughs) (laughs) i had forgotten about that (laughs) fucking hell
1: blue dollars um then, yeah, please feel free to consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash sequelizers. Lots of interesting perks, lots of things. Our fucking merchandise is here. Um, so we have t-shirts and things, and that gives you a discount at certain tiers.
0: We're all wearing the t-shirt right now we as we record. It right now. Because we're masturbatory Podcast. <laughs> I,
1: I am going to push for a t-shirt that is, involves mechs.
2: <laughs> I have no idea how... Why? We'll speak it's, we'll it's, speak
0: to John, we'll be fine.
2: Yeah. It's like our version of Portlandia's put a bird on it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's put a mech stick in it. A, stick a mech in it.
0: Could it
1: benefit from a mech? <laughs>
0: what Schindler's list? I
1: what mean, what
2: does do, what doesn't benefit from a mech? Fertish. Girl in a little red coat climbs into a big mech. <laughs>
1: yeah. Fuckin and up. then you do the line from uh, Inglorious Bastards. This is the face <laughs> of Jewish vengeance. Yeah.
0: Schindler's mech. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you are more than welcome to. It would be very, very much appreciated. There are lots of interesting tiers and things you can get that way. Crazy outtakes. Really painful stuff that will probably be read out in court one day uh, in a trial against us. Yeah, a lot
2: Potentially of, libelous.
0: Yeah.
1: A lot of defamatory comments about lots of
0: individuals. Um, Especially Matt Stockton.
2: So, become a patron and find out if you're one of the people that we libels. <laughs>
0: Have we defamed you? <laughs> Tune in and find
1: out. Yeah. $10 um, or more. But we also have lots of other regular features. We talk about, like, we did, again, did the Oscars. We also did what we've been watching recently, film-wise. It's all lots of interesting, cool stuff that's there. Should you want more stuff? I mean, you get weekly content for free. Always for free.
0: But if you want more stuff, we got your back. we got more stuff for you in the back of Patreon. <laughs> and Matt, if people want more stuff from you personally...
1: I'm giving you everything I've got. <laughs> really? I've cut my veins open, man. But you do I've not, bled you, out film and You, you mentioned audio. making
0: films. Uh, you talked about reviewing films. Fine. Talked about just just being a dude on the social medias and whatnot.
1: <laughs> a person on the earth today. Jack, you're, of course, completely correct. I am, as you, always. You can find me um, on the internet. Uh, various places, Stogs, S T O G H Z. You could go to the red right to read my reviews. You could alternatively go to cheesemint.com, to see the films and things I make. Web series are done, see so Baby Kill Time. Very, very fun, very silly. Starring me and Tim. Starring you and Tim. And, many others. and other people. Yeah, but uh, most we're doing a lot of filming for that this year. We're filming. No pressure. There, there are like 26 episodes out currently. I'm filming around about 30 in a
2: couple of months. <laughs> It's fucking crazy. But anyway. So if you'd like to watch Matt's slow, nervous breakdown brought on by lack of sleep, follow him on Twitter. Yeah. You could see it in real fucking time. You fucking bastards. Jesus, Uh, Tim. Yeah. If you want some real time, how can people get that from you? If I'm looking for a real good time, I follow Jack Chambers on (laughs) Twitter. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Very well done. Um, But if people are looking for a real Tim time... Timmy time a is A real good thing. Tim. A real good Tim. Yeah. You've got one right here. Uh Tim
0: Tim, the character from Son of the Mask, grand right guys. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, that's no, a good Tim. He's
2: a better Tim than I. No, he's not. Um, best <laughs> Tim is our boy Tim. Our boy Tim's the best Tim. Uh and you can follow me on Twitter at trivia underscore lad. Um, where I will generally, if I'm doing anything interesting, talk about it um and uh yeah otherwise just just kind of say nonsense and uh retweet memes and things like that that's all the internet's for um and yeah come come join us on the discord because we'll be i'll be hanging out there as well so Mm. anyway um jack hello tim our mighty commander oh Mighty oh. Commander. where can where can, G.I. Joe villain all of a sudden. Where can our, you are my granddaughter, Commander <laughs> Palpatine. Oh, fuck off. Where can <laughs> our... I am all the podcast hosts. Joyful listeners. listeners. <laughs> where can our joyful listeners follow you on the socials?
0: JLW Chambers. It's the place to go, the place to be. If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, that's the place to be. It's the place to go, hang out with all the cool kids. Talk about comics and wrestling and video games, all the cool stuff that people like these days. You know, I'm 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 cool, right, guys? I mean, I did I'm, cool. I'm the earlier. I'm the youngest member of C That makes me cool, right, guys? <laughs> okay, okay.
1: On a comparative scale, I did say you were cool earlier, uh, off air.
0: It recorded, but, it was
1: worse. but you're not Snake Pliskin cool because oh, no, 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 no no no, 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 none of us. I'm not. Plissken. I'm not
0: claiming to be Snake Pliskin. Nobody is. But you're damn cool, sir. At J L W Pliskin. I mean, I wish. That is
1: also the rise of Skywalker. Uh, just
0: adopt a name that you feel is fitting for you. <laughs> What's your name, Jack? Jack? What? Pliskin. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Snake. <laughs> I look over and see Kurt. <laughs> Russell and Goldie Horns is like force ghosts. Like...
3: And they're so angry. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? What are you doing? What's <laughs> not your fucking
0: name. <laughs> Play skin.
1: <laughs> As you see it, at that point, John Carpenter ghost appears, just shakes his head slowly, plays his own synth. His ghost synth. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Little ghost synth. Yep. Anyway, that's the end of season five. Yeah. Bye Please stay ba-ba. tuned because there will be ba-ba,
3: a competition ba-ba.
2: Unlike Uh any
0: held before, except it's exactly (laughs) the same as last one,
3: with more stuff, but better. (laughs) Yes.
2: It's like the other one, but with good things as well. Keep, Keep your eye on the old sequelizers' channels on the social media. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy the interseason content. Where... It's,
1: a, it's a big thing for us, because we've finished another season, which is always a huge thing for us. I and mean, mm. usually our immediate reaction is, we're going to slip into a four-month
3: <laughs> period <laughs> of solace <laughs> and just
1: relax. But nope. you guys are like, oh, wow, end of an era, another season down. Oh, they're back next week.
2: But we will be recording in our pyjamas, because we're just, like, a little bit more just kind of chilled out and relaxed. Uh, behind the scenes...
1: Matt don't wear none So Matt's going to be Bollock naked Matt's It's going to be Very I mean, you, wear anyway. you, you wear your slippers anyway You I wear slippers right and
0: I wear The sequelizers t-shirt And that that's, is it um, I mean as long as it's a, Just that's a small Matt's
2: going to be Winnie the Pooh again <laughs> <laughs> Matt is And Matt's going to snag to his